You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's <laughs> going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. (laughs) I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. uh, We are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! (laughs) It is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. (laughs) (laughs) We do a podcast? What the fuck? Night gathers. And now now our our podcast begins. begins. It shall shall not end end until until our our death. death. We shall take take no wives, hold no no lands, father no no children. children. We shall wear no crowns and win no glory. We shall live and die on our podcast. We are the sword in the darkness. We are the watchers on the walls. We are the fire that burns against the cold. The light that brings the dawn, the horn that wakes the sleepers, the shield that guards the realms of fanboys. I pledge my life and honor to the Fanholes Podcast, the pop culture podcast made for the fans by the fans. For this night and for all the nights to come. Hey guys! Welcome back to another bastard-siring, backstabbing, sister-fucking episode of Fanholes Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and joining me tonight are two of my wretched fellow Fanholes. Why don't you give a shout-out, guys, and let everybody know who's here tonight. Hey, it's Mike, and goddammit, I I don't want to live in Westeros. (laughs) <laughs> hey everybody, this is Tony. And I'm am I supposed to like anybody in this show? I'm just gonna say like I I think I would want to live in Westeros. Like wh- where else would you want to live? <laughs> like you might as well live there. Uh, if you're gonna have to live somewhere, you might as well live in Westeros. Anyway, so in case you haven't figured out from our snarky dialogues and details. The topic of tonight's podcast, and this is going to be very specific, me and Mike are going to have to walk a fine tightrope here, but we are discussing Season 1 of Game of Thrones, because our fellow fanhole, Mr. Tony Jackson, is just getting into the series, and he was able to procure himself a Season 1 DVD set, and he's recently finished watching it, and he kind of wanted to shoot the shit with us about, you know, what he thought of Season 1, and since me and Mike are both avid watchers of Game of Thrones, we agreed to have a little sit-down here, and we can just kind of, you know, hang out and shoot the shit and kind of talk about what, what Tony thought of Season 1 and everything, but much like Tony does for myself in the Common Rider Gaim episodes, you know, doing his best to to not spoil me for for upcoming episodes, and in this case, we're, we're going to try to return the favor and be mindful and and not spoil the next four seasons. Hopefully, I mean, who knows? This, this may be enticing to listeners to to wait until me and Mike totally fuck it up. 
But yeah, I mean that that's our goal is to just kind of have a talk back with Tony about season one and everything. And I mean, if you don't if you don't know what Game of Thrones is, I don't know. You know, I, I guess this is cliche to say, but it's like I don't know why you're listening to the podcast. I don't think. I mean, my my game plan is not to go blow by blow into the ten episodes of season one. I, I think we're just kind of gonna ask, kind of you know, w- you know, what people thought of the the season and everything. And you know, the, the the basic premise is kind of as the title states: there are many warring houses, and they're all kind of fighting over the throne of of the king in this fantasy fictional kingdom. And for the most part. I mean, it's very political. It's very, you know, a, a sort of treacherous type of situation where there are, you know, houses that, you know, you may consider noble. There are houses you may consider strong, but but backstabbing. And there there are houses you might consider shady and, and snarky and really just all around, you know, dick facey and stuff like that. And, and all these different characters are, are vying for Lannisters. Sorry, they they have their own agendas and 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 machinations and everything like that. And you know, so uh, I mean, that's that's kind of the the long and short of it. Without getting into like the nitty gritty, you know, details. You did forget one thing, though, Derek. Yes, you, you forgot one thing. Also, lots of fucking. Well, yeah. It, well, this is an HBO show, so I mean, you know what's funny? Like, I, I guess I can just share my my introduction to Game of Thrones with everybody, and maybe maybe you guys can can also share your introductions, you know, and, and make them as non future season spoilery as possible. I guess me and Mike will have to, and then and then Tony can just say, you know, kind of what he thought of the first season. I guess once we finish, but I mean, I I think the first time this series was mentioned to me was like, hey, have you seen that HBO show where the guy fucks his sister? And I kind of said, no. <laughs> and 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 it's like, yeah, there's this show where this guy fucks his sister. And I go, oh, okay. And then I decided not to watch it. So, like, I mean, that that was kind of my, my, my first briefest taste of of Game of Thrones. And then I think later on, there were people saying, oh, yeah, I think you'd like this. You know, I remember Mike specifically saying, like, dude, I, I think you might like this and everything. And I remember uh, my parents were watching it at the time. And they were like, come, come watch this. Like, this is going to be cool and everything. And I, I believe, I, you know, rewatching season one, I believe there are scenes that I've seen. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I remember sitting down and watching a few scenes with them. Some of them were inconsequential. Some of them were really badass, like when Cal Drogo, like, ripped the guy's fucking throat out of his, you know, he, you know, he got into that whole, you know, contest and everything and, and, you know, basically ripped the guy's throat out and everything because he was trying to stand up to him and everything. And so, like, I, I remember bits like that that I kind of witnessed but did not, you know, I, I did not have the whole context of the the saga that is the you know the the song of fire and ice and everything i i didn't know everything behind it but i I saw bits and pieces of it but i think at that point i was very resistant to trying to watch new series i just kind of wanted to focus on you know i don't know whatever i was doing at the time reading comics watching comic book movies and you know fuck new tv shows and i wasn't really gung-ho about it i think once it rolled into the second season i i often kind of sat in on sunday nights and, and watched it with my family and everything like that and i went back and, and and watched you know the season one episodes that i had not seen so then by that point i was all kind of on board and, and then i kind of watched it from week to week at that point and everything but i mean that's i i guess that's my my game of thrones origin story or whatever 
what have you. But I mean, wh- what about you, Mike? Like, is there, would you like to share with the class, like what your introduction to Game of Thrones was, like how you kind of got caught up in watching it? Have any of us read the books? I mean, I imagine Justin's read the book by this point, but I, I don't know if any of us have read the books. I know, well, of course I have not read the book, but <laughs> I, I haven't, so no. I've never even heard of the books before I saw this TV show, which is kind of, I guess, odd, because the books have been around for, like, 20 years now, I think. Like, I, Derek, do you know when the first book was written? No, I have no idea, but I can look it up. I didn't realize they were that old. Yeah, the, he's he's done, like, one, like, every two or three years, I guess, for the past. I think they're on book five or six now. Yeah, I know they've I know they've officially caught up to the books as they stand. It it is saying like the one of the first novels was in 1991. So. Yeah, that sounds about oh, wow. right. So yeah, that's yeah. that's over 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you you wouldn't think it, but these books have been like 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 I said, I'm surprised that I had never heard of this series before until this TV show came on. No, my roommate's big into like fantasy and like you know he lo- he loves Lord of the Rings and this is a sort of similar world a little bit. And, yeah, yeah. Like sort of medieval-ish, I guess. But he, he would just like when it, the show was going to premiere, he was like, you want to watch this? And I was like, yeah. And, you know, I liked it and I watched the whole first season. And then I was like, OK, well, I guess I'm following this show now. So I, I have not dropped from it. That That's interesting to bring up and, and is probably not too spoilery, just given the context of the first season is talking about sort of the I mean, it, it is in the realm of fantasy, but I mean, it's a very budget-oriented, grounded fantasy, I guess. You know, if that makes any sense. Like, you know, you're not, you're, you know, at the outset, you're not exposed to too much fantastical stuff. It's almost like, it's almost like a, a lot of the really heavy fantastical stuff happened, like, you know, hundreds, thousands of years ago, and, and now it's just, you know, people shitting in pots and, fighting you know wars and armor and just doing their thing and it's like yeah, oh like, like there's the there's a hint that that kind of stuff will encroach upon that lifestyle at any moment but there's not there's not a whole lot of stuff like that in the first season i'd say yeah not every yeah. family has like you know their own wizard or whatever yeah right yeah and, and like the dragons are a big deal like at the end of the season basically they, yeah i mean it's... well i mean they're they're even a big deal just when they I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, to most people, those were just eggs that were, you know, a gift or whatever. I don't think anybody thought that they would actually hatch. But I, I think even in the context of that, they, they the way they treated them, it's like it, it, they were either of great monetary value or, you know, to, to certain people, they were of great, I guess you'd say, what, spiritual value? I, I don't know how to quantify that, but, but they were they, they were obviously viewed upon with with great interest from from both those kind of avenues. Well, I think that's one of the things that kind of works, though, as far as this first season. Again, this is all I've seen. Is like in the beginning, you do see some kind of supernatural stuff. Like that's the first scene where a group of the Night Watch uh, pretty much gets their wallets taken hardcore. And but still, even after that guy comes back, you know, he's like White Walkers everywhere, White Walkers everywhere. And people are like, yeah, uh huh, whatever. You know, it's more of like the dark ages, not like I, you know a, a world of fantasy and magic. 
I, I kind of want to bring that up. I, I, I probably, I'm not a deep thinker. I, I'm not trying to say like, oh, I'm so fucking deep or whatever. I'm sure there's been 20 theses written about this already. And it's not like I'm the first person to make the parallel or connection. But I, I think re-watching this first season, it sort of hit home to me that the guy who ran away from the White Walkers was a man of the night's watch. And obviously the, the men of the night's watch, their duty is to guard the wall. So he, he broke his oath when he basically ran away and he ran into the North. But what happens because he does that is one of the characters that we follow over the course of this first season, Ned Stark, who is, you know, basically the, the head of the house of Winterfell. Like he is the one who is tasked with basically executing that guy. So he lops this guy's head off. And it, I mean, it's it's kind of simple. You know, it's kind of like, hey, look, you know, this guy broke his oath. If you break your oath, you get your fucking head chopped off. I mean, that's, you know, that it, basically it's as simple as that. Now, what the guy was telling them, though, is that the White Walkers were coming, like these crazy zombie ice abominable snowmen people. And and for the most part, like we've been discussing with the the fantasy aspect of it, it's 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 almost like somebody coming to you and going, dude, I saw a fucking dinosaur the other day, and it fucking chased me away from guarding, you know, the American border. And you're like, sure it did, buddy. Sure it did. And then somebody, you know, well, you know, luckily, yeah. we, we don't live in a... a <laughs> and then we chop their head off. <laughs> and then we chop their fucking head off. <laughs> no, luckily, luckily, we don't live in a place where that happens yet. But, you know, at this point, we don't. I guess the analogy is sound. It, it's almost to that point where it, it it's something that is really not taken seriously at this point in, in the, the season and everything. But we know, as the audience that it is serious because we've seen these guys get their wallets taken at the beginning, you know, the, these men of the night's watch, you know, and I, I guess what I'm trying to, to do here is, is, you know, kind of draw a parallel is, and, and this would leap us way ahead, but obviously it's like, we're talking season one, Tony's seen season one, you know, spoilers for all you motherfuckers who are listening to this, but have never seen game of Thrones. Why are you listening to this? I don't know. But anyway, at the end of fucking, you know, or, or not the end, like the last episode, but close to the last episode of season one, you know, Ned Stark gets made hand of the King. He is, basically thrust into all these machinations and political schemes and craziness that goes on in the midst of this Game of Thrones and everything. And his reward for coming to his friend's aid, you know, Robert Baratheon, to be the Hand of the King is to get beheaded. And yeah. motherfucker gets beheaded, and he's dead. So, and, and, and what's interesting is, like... I, I I don't know. I'm I'm just seeing the parallels between that poor asshole from the Man of the Night's Watch and 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 Ned Stark. Like they're both sort of thrust into these situations that ultimately, it's like yes, they agreed to participate and and tried to honor their code, but at the same time, like they they were thrust into a situation they had virtually no control over. So, you, I mean, you could either do what the guy from the Night's Watch did, is, like, run away from the fucking crazy White Walker, you know, guys, and then you end up getting your head cut off. 
You know what I mean? Or you could go try to fight those White Walker guys and probably end up getting your fucking head cut off. You know what I mean? It's like he said, like, fuck whatever decision he made. And it's kind of like you feel like the same way about Ned Stark. It's like, it's like, you know, you, it's like if your best friend is the fucking king, you know, like if your best friend is the president of the United States or the fucking, you know, prime minister of England or something, and then they ask you to take a position to help them out. And then you accept that position, right? Like, it's almost like he's forced to accept the position. He's forced to bring his family there. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. It just, it, he didn't have any other option. So it's like, you know how, like, you, you I guess this is something that, that me and Tony were, were bullshitting about while you're trying to figure out what was going on with the, the microphone and everything, but... <laughs> Man, if you're a kid in Westeros, shit. I saw you fucking. Uh, yes, you did. What to do about it now? Push you out a window. <laughs> oh, that didn't happen in Westeros. That happened in fucking well, uh, yeah, Winterfell. That was in Winterfell. Well, I'm talking about the whole land, like, apparently. And a Lannister did it, so it doesn't count. It wasn't a Stark who did it, so. Yeah, but they didn't bring Westeros with them. So, see, that's what I'm saying. You should live in Westeros, because then you get to push motherfuckers out windows who fucking threaten to uh, violate the sanctity of your your sister fucking secrets. I mean, why why wouldn't you <laughs> want that kind of blatant, you know, disregard for authority? If you were going to be anybody, <laughs> you'd want to be somebody who was in the know in Westeros, right? I don't know. But it'd be laissez-faire about, like, attempted child murder, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to spoil anything for you, but I, I think my attitude as I've continued to watch this show is that the that anybody that you have any sympathy towards, almost without without question, you know, it's like I don't know. I just I, I think the people it's that, that well, the <laughs> people that the people that you you may find evil, like you were talking about, how you're like, oh, Lannisters. <clears throat> evil sons of bitches it's like well at least they're you know to me i'm like at least they're strong you know they might be evil or they might be like you know not so nice people but you know what they're they're still strong and in charge and all that stuff so it's like you know like well, uh, i mean I'll, I'll, I'll give them this they're they're, they're not do well they are douchey but they're not really shady they're pretty fucking up front they're like you know yeah no i mean that yeah, you know that's kind of yeah well you gotta remember though derek i'm i'm mostly irish and the Stark family seems very close to, like, you know, my heritage, so I like the Starks. Well, no, that, that, that makes sense. I mean, that's why I think, I think in terms of, I, I think I've gone through an arc of it where, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, like, pretend like I was like, oh, I always thought the Starks were fucking lame. But it's like, <laughs> at this point, like, in time, I'm kind of like, I'm not, a, I don't think the Starks are as hot shit as everybody who, you know, is like all about them. And I think, I think in the first season, it's, it's understandable that you would sympathize and think that they are hot shit. So, so there, that's no fault of your own. I think I, it's kind of like, it's kind of like basically going like, you know, oh yeah, I was like eight years old and thought Batman was cool. Like everybody thinks that Batman is cool. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's just, I, I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, you know what? Batman's not as cool as I thought. Yeah, I, I, like, the only person I really don't like, I guess I would say at all, is the only one I didn't like at all would probably be Kingslayer. I, I just don't like him. 
See, and that that's what's interesting too is I think I I've, I've listened to shows where you know especially in this first season I think again that's something that is a hundred percent accurate. Like I don't think a lot of people, if you just take the first season on its own merits, you're like, oh, he's like you know Iceman from Top Gun. He's like the dude you're supposed to think yeah. is a jerk face, right? But you know as as the series progresses, that I I've heard podcast where there have been women who are like i hated that son of a bitch and then by you know a certain point in the season they're like wait a minute like i'm starting to feel sympathetic and how is that possible i hated him you know like that kind of thing so you know not not that you know obviously i'm not i'm not spoiling anything it's just it's just i i think they're they're you know uh for the most part, the show is, is fairly engaging and, and it takes you on lots of twists and turns. So, I mean, as far as it being, I, I, I think now I could get into a big whiny rant fest about the, the way it emulates real life and then the way it, even though it's engaging, it tends to remove itself from certain entertainment tropes and and you know like i think i think something that me and mike could get into is is you know there's not a lot of catharsis in watching a show like this and and some people are like well some people are like oh that's just a good guy win you know you know and and some people are like well that's just like real life you know the good guy doesn't always win in real life and that you know fair enough to that point i mean i know i remember big country kind of made that point a lot on bot talk where he was like look that doesn't happen in real life and i appreciate that point but my point is, this is entertainment. Like at some point, you know, you you want some something, just anything. Like because it's 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 like you're it, it's like you're starved. If if catharsis is is water, you're in, it, when you watch the show, you're in a goddamn fucking desert. You know what I mean? Like like it's just nowhere, man. And you and you're like, just give me a fucking drop, just any fucking thing, just something. You know how there's that, uh, you know, trying not to spoil stuff for Tony, but you know how there's that big discussion, Mike, about, like, how there's not a lot of catharsis in a series like this? You know, it's not like a traditional thing of, like, oh, look, you know, Jared is a fucking asshole in Gundam, and eventually Camille, like, gets to kick his ass, but good, and you're like, ah, all right, good, like, you know, something happened to the guy who was a douchebag. You know, like basically, he and it, he deserved that. He, yeah. he deserved it, and the guy who was wronged sort of got to enact that that you know comeuppance on that guy who deserved it. And 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 I was kind of telling Tony, like I was like, look, man, this is like a desert, you know, and you're looking for for a drop of water, and the water is like catharsis, you know. And and I just feel like that it's like if you're watching a film, right? A lot of times you want to identify with your lead character. And and this is a very atypical HBO show in that sense. Because you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when I really got into watching the HBO drama Oz. And it's like there are all these guys in prison. And you kind of latch on to, like, whoever your favorite dude is. Like, just because you think he's cool, because, you know, you think he's a badass, the way he handles the other criminals. It's like, you know, I I don't know, I'm just throwing shit out there. I'm not trying to be stereotypical. But, like, say, for example, you, Mike, if you watched Oz, like, maybe you latch on to some of the, you know, mafioso guys or something like that. Well, at some point or another, those mafioso guys are going to get killed, butt-raped, or really fucked up. And so it's like, 
you start to personify with some of them and go, yeah, I kind of like this guy. And then all of a sudden, this guy that you kind of like, you kind of relate to, gets ass raped. And then all of a sudden, you're like, no, 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 man, I didn't relate to that guy. I didn't relate to that guy at all. Like, no, no, I totally didn't. And it, like, fucks with the way you enjoy your your escapism, you know? And And I feel like this is a similar series, you know, it's a similar atypical HBO thing where you're like, yeah, dude, I get Ned Stark. I'm an honorable guy. I'm a good guy. Like I, if I had daughters, I'd love them. You know, like if I, if I had a friend who was the King, I'd try to help his fat, stupid ass out. Like, yeah, I get this guy. I get this guy. And all of a sudden he's at this point where he's like, yeah, I totally lied. Even though I know you're a fucking bastard and you know, you were, you were created by way of incest, but I lied. And then my head gets chopped off. And you're like, wow, like that's, you know, it's like, he's so fucked. Like, I mean, it's just, and it, it pulls the rug out from under you in terms of any kind of traditional personification or identification you have with a, a fictional character. So I, I don't know. I, I'm just throwing all that shit out there all at once. But I mean, you guys have anything to say about that or any, any thoughts on that? I, I really agree with that notion. And like, when I was thinking of who my favorite character in this first season was, like, I ended up with Ned Stark, and I was like, because he's the only one who doesn't, like, compromise in any way. Like, he compromises, but he doesn't really, like, compromise his principles. He just keeps trying to work with them. But the thing is, like, even though he does that, like, he still ends up fucked in the end. Like, and it, it, it seems like a common theme of this show, that, like, yeah, but, if you are honorable and you don't, you try to remain true to your ideals, you end up fucked, basically. Yeah, but you know what I don't get about that is, like, if if certain characters would do certain things, now this is going to be, this is going to be treading the line here. I'm trying to do my Dick Grayson tightwalk balancing rope for Tony. But all I'm going to say is, and, and this may lead into some other speculation on my own behalf, or at least ideas of things I would like to see in popular fiction regarding Game of Thrones. But of what Tony has seen, all I'm going to say is, if Ned Stark had just straight up said, no, he's a bastard, created by fucking incest, right in front of all those people, I think even though some people may have not believed it, even though they may have tried to spin it and sugarcoat it and twist it, at that point, he was saying, oh, no, he is the son of Robert Baratheon. And he was, like, basically apologizing for the sake of Sansa, I would say. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So, so in that sense, it's not like he was Rorschach. It's not like he was, like, fuck you to the end, I'm walking out of this facility, and I'm going to tell everybody what you guys fucking did, and then Dr. Manhattan fucking turns him into mulch. It's like Rorschach's like, oh, okay, guys, like, you know, I was wrong, like, I'm not going to tell anybody, I swear I won't tell anybody, I really promise, and then fucking, I don't know, Night Owl, like, lops his fucking head off or something, I don't know. And to that, you're like, well, wait, he wasn't really... I mean, at that point, like, he wasn't really, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, to a point, Ned Stark is, you know, almost without fault or flaw or whatever. But it's like, it's so weird. He gets put in this so, like, you know, this, this position where he's so fucked. You know, it's like, it, it's like it probably didn't matter what he said for him. 
but it mattered what he said for other people. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. he, I guess he chose to, to, to me, it seems like the person that he was choosing to fight or, or choosing to fight for, or, or, you know, the, the, the decision he made seemed to me to be based on the continued survival of his daughters. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, yeah. that's why he played it the way he did. But, you know, there, there, there's those aspects where you're like, man, what if, you know, what if it went a little different? And, and along those lines, I was kind of like, you know how they have those, like, you know, what ifs for Marvel or Star Wars infinites and stuff like that? Like, I'd, I'd kind of like to see, I mean, I know this is kind of far-fetched and probably wouldn't happen, but I'd kind of like to see, like, well, what happens if Ned Stark, you know, announced that, that Joffrey was a bastard at his execution? Or, like, what if, you know, Cal Drogo didn't get, like, cut with that fucking axe and get a pus-infected wound or whatever? Do you know what I mean? Like, like what would have happened then? You know, like, like basically it's like... King of the North, you know? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I, I'd kind of be like, you know, the, the, like the old what-ifs. It's like, what if Cal Drogo had not died? You know, like, what if Ned Stark had fucking, you know, gone to the Night's Watch? You know, like things like that. Like, I, I kind of think that would be interesting because I, I think certain things that happen in this series, like if, if they didn't happen a certain way, like it's like, well, what if you just did this? Like, like something that I was really hoping for is, you know, that one scene where Joffrey takes Sansa after Ned Stark dies and, and he walks her up to all the pikes and everything and he shows her the pike yeah, of her. Yeah. I forget what her name is, but, you know, her little handmaiden. You know, the basically the, the, the you know, one of the, the women who raised her, basically, that, that attended to her, like, every need or whatever. It's like they put her head yeah, on a pike, and, and, she, and, and, and then, and then he makes she's her... She's got that whole, like, I could do this, because he's, like, yeah. standing on a little, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's that moment where she's like, I could push this motherfucker off this fucking ledge right now, and he'd be fucking deader than shit. And it's like, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, there's part of me that says, like, I get, like, in the context of I also want to live. Do you know what I mean? So it's like the minute he, she pushes him off, then it's like, you know, who knows? Maybe, you know, the hound like lops her head off or is forced to like rape the shit out of her or what, you know, whatever the fuck happens after that, but not thinking of what happens immediately after, but just thinking, you know what? My, my dad's head is on a fucking pike. I don't know what else good I can do. I might as well push this fucker off and consequences to myself be fucking damned. You know, like, like, It's like I, I, I kind of, you know, I have that moment of that's kind of the point where I would like to see, you know, it's like that's the point where I would have felt some kind of catharsis regardless of what happened to her afterwards. You know what I mean? And it's like it yeah. doesn't ever, you know, in terms of this first season without spoiling anything any further, you know, it, it obviously it does not go there. She has the thought. She sees it. And then the hound kind of taps her and is like, you know, basically it sort of squashes the whole thing. And you're just kind of like, oh, it was like, it was a tease. It was like a really good cock tease and then nothing, you know? So like, that's, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of throwing shit out there. I guess I will say like, as far as Ned Stark goes, I did go in here with some Hollywood knowledge because I've seen Sean Bean in a lot of movies. So I knew he was going to die at some point. Yeah, Sean Bean always does. That's what he does. He does. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah that's, that's just his lot in life. As far as Ned Stark goes, yeah, you really do like him in the beginning. You know, he's a very 
It's not even. I don't even. I don't. I don't even know if you want to say honorable, which I'm not saying he's not. He's very likable. He seems like an everyman, you know, because he's not a king. He he rules his house, but he's not like one of these big hoity-toity kings. And you kind of get involved in like his family and stuff. You like the Starks and stuff. They are my favorite family during the first season. Derek has said, "Watch further. You may change your mind." But for now, they are my favorite family. I think that's true of of a great many people. I don't think you're alone in that assessment, Tony. I think people would still say today that the House Stark is still the house they're rooting for, their favorite family and everything. But I, I just kind of be like, well, yeah, you could be a fan of, you know, whatever sports team it is, but if your sports team is super fucked this season, it's like, that doesn't mean too much to me. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. that's all I'm going to say about that. But Yeah, you can like the Cleveland Browns all you want. They're not going to win a Super Bowl. I, I think there is a difference, though, whereas Mike sees them as really noble and stuff. I think there is a like small track of dissent, and I'm not saying he turns into an asshole, but he is slowly, bit by bit, made to do things he doesn't want to do, but he does them. I think one of my biggest things is when – what's the little girl's name, the youngest daughter? Aria. Aria. Ari? Aria. Aria. When, when her direwolf bites Joffrey, you know, they take off, and she tells her dog to run away, and there's a big – you know. A, kind of court, I guess you would say, held. And since her direwolf ran away, it was decided that Sansa's direwolf lady had to be executed. And he doesn't want to do that. Sansa's in tears. But he does it. And he does it because he is, he, because of this marriage of their houses, Lannister and Stark. He has to keep that intact. He doesn't want to, but he does it anyway. And I think, even though he does it for, for the good you know, of his country and all of his house, that is still something that, like, you know, Sansa is probably like, you killed my dog. Sure, she feels bad. Her dad dies later on, obviously. But, you know, she's like, that was my dog, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but but see, that's that's that thing of, of I mean, that that's a smaller scale of, of what happens at the end where you, you may think he's he's sticking to his convictions, right? But then it's like that situation where it's like, what what is he supposed to do? Like, if, if, he, if he says, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. No, no, but it's like, if he says, fuck you, no, I'm not killing that fucking dog, your fucking lying cunt of a wife and little shit of a son are full of crap, it's like, that's it. Like, I mean, it, 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 they may be fucking all killed right then and there. Like, I mean, it's like, it's weird. It's like, Baratheon is his old war buddy. They are friends, right? Like, they have these moments. Yeah, you see many things where they talk. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. But, but at the same time, like, I've had friends, and I've had people that I've been close to, and it's like, you get into these fucking fights and stuff, right? But it's like, imagine if you got into one of those fights where you're like, you know what? This guy's getting too weird for me. I, I, I can't be his friend anymore. I gotta cut it off or whatever. Imagine that that guy's the fucking king. Imagine that guy's the president of the fucking United States or prime minister or whatever the fuck. And then it's like, you're just fucked. Because it's like, well, what do you do? Like, you know, it's like, this guy has a fucking speed dial to the CIA and can have me fucking whacked or, you know, whatever the fuck it is. It's like, it's like just that thing of, it's like, you know, that that's that well, there's, element there's like of that, it. There's that. There's that meeting where, like, he meets with the advisors, and, you know, they're all like, this fucking country's in the hole, like, you know, a bunch of money. And he's like, why? And he's like, King's orders, we have to do this and this and this. And he's like, and we're going to hold a celebration? And he's like, yeah. He's like, no, we're not, you know. And, like, even there, just financially, he sees it like his friend is kind of going off the deep end. Yeah, and it's 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 one of those things where th that's an element to it where it does sort of 
reflect real life very well. You know what I mean? It's like these kind of bureaucracies and, and just, you know, situations where, you know, there's a certain culture that's in play in Westeros versus a culture that's in play in House Stark. And they try to illustrate that by him basically, for lack of a better term, you know, falling on his own sword all the time. I mean, you can respect that, and and that's something that that can be done in certain contexts, whether it's business or literally falling on your sword or, or whatever the fuck, right? But but you know what I mean? It's like it's like he takes it upon himself. It's like I will fucking, you know, kill lady. Like I don't want anybody else to fucking do it. I'll I'll take care of it, and I'll you know. It's like, and then you know, he's like, I'll discipline my son. You discipline your daughter. Like then that'll be the fucking end of it. You know, and it's squashed. You know, I'll be the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like, like in the grander context of things, if it's between an animal and, and the greater good, it's like, oh, well, I guess the animal's fucked. You know, like, I mean, I, and I get that there's that contingent where it's like, oh, I like the house Starks. Like, I like all the, you know, they, they find that, that lot of, you know, dire wolves and they're all babies and everything. And and you know, you have to remember when they first found that lot of wolves, the initial response was kill them all. Yeah. Kill all yeah. of them. And and it's like it was only by the grace of like, oh wait, you know, the the Starks are nice kids, right? It's like Rob's like, well wait, you know, hang on. And and I think it was Jon Snow who said, like, look, there's I forget who said it. It was either Rob or Jon Snow, but it's like, look, there's there's five of them for the five, you know, children of the Starks, and it's like, are you guys gonna take care of them? It's like, we'll take care of them, Dad. It's like, okay, but I'm not fucking with them. Like, I wanted to fucking kill all these fucking direwolves, but all right, you're gonna take care of them. All right, like then then make sure you take care of them. So you're like, seriously, it's like, whose fault is it really? You know what I mean? Like, well, you know, yes, the the wolf was gonna protect. Arya, right? And and, and it, it totally, like, jumped on Joffrey. But it's like, you know, at the same time, you're kind of like, well, look, if you had that wolf fucking trained, maybe it wouldn't have done that. Maybe it wouldn't have caused this whole fucking kerfluffle in the first place. Like, I mean, I know that's, like, a dick thing to say, and it's totally oh. counter to the, the way they try to play the sympathies of the, you know, the situation and everything. But... Uh, you know, at the same time, it's kind of like that's that's something that uh, I, I think that wolf think was of. trained. I think that that wolf was trained. <laughs> I, I just think he was trained to bite douchebags. He was he was trained to. <laughs> yeah, but see, the wolf doesn't understand the subtleties of the political machinations of that situation. It's like if you're gonna bite somebody, right? Like, do it when nobody's fucking looking, man. Like, do it when fucking you know. It's like what 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 would be the harm? If if you really fucking wanted to stick it to Joffrey, it's like let him have his fun. Let him fucking stab the stupid fat butcher boy. Fine with me, but guess what? When it's late at night and I got my fucking needle and my fucking wolf, just like fucking Jon Snow. Like talk about like political machinations and who knows his shit in the first season and knows how to handle it. Does Jon Snow have his wolf fucking kill somebody in the middle of the yard for everybody to fucking see? No, he fucking does it in the middle of the night. The wolf fucking comes out, is like, I'm going to bite your fucking nuts off if you fuck with the fucking fat guy, Sam, and if you keep fucking with him. And then after that, everybody's fucking Jon Snow's best friend. So it's like, I mean, there's there's a way to do it where it's like, where where it's it's more, you know, 
uh, you know, that, that it's more manageable, at least in that situation. And it's like, in that case, it's like but, their but kids, I mean, their wolves are fucking stupid, I'm and, saying, yeah, and, and it kind of falls you know. apart. Yeah. No, 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 I'm just saying, like, it just, it, it's just one of those things where it just fell apart, you know, so. And, and, and it's like, so, what, I think that also what means- else, what, what else can Ned Stark do but... Well, fucking do that, you know. I, I was just gonna say it's not like Arya could like you know see, you would have seen her wolf like sneaking up on Joffrey and like just stopped him and said no 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 uh, like consider the deeper socio political ramifications here right, wolf right, and the wolf right. went hmm you're right uh, and turns away like of course of course no I'm just saying like 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 basically there there there's things like that where it's like if if you had control over the situation, then you would try to apply those. But I, I guess I'm just trying to illustrate, like, Ned Stark is thrown into that situation, just like he's thrown into the situation to be the hand of the king. It's not something he wants, it's just something that is, like, thrust upon him. So it's like, that. it sort of goes back to that thing of, it's like, shit happens, you know, like, and it's like, you, you have to deal with it. It's like, he can't change it. He doesn't have a time machine. And, and like you're saying, like, you can't, you know, uh, foresee that that's how things would have happened. There's also the cruelty of the moment, too. Because, okay, the wolf does bite Joffrey. And Joffrey, even though he's a little ponce and a little fucking dickhead, you know, he wants the wolf killed. And, okay, fine, whatever. You know what? He's, he was born into royalty. He's a little bit of a dick. But, you know, I'm sorry. Royalty is royalty, and sometimes they act that way. And you don't forgive it, but you can see where that goes. But, you know, the fat butcher's boy, you know, he was told by the little girl to to spar with her. And he accidentally hit her on the arm. And Joffrey thinks he's being all, like, you know, princely and being like, well, you hit royalty and stuff. And they beat to death a fat, like, 14-year-old butcher's boy. And to me, that's cruelty. And, of course, that's the times, and that's how it goes. But, I mean, you know, everybody's worried about the fucking dog. And I'm like, they just beat a kid to death. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but but at the same time, you're kind of like, well, should they have even been at, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be a dick face, but I'm just saying, I think Joffrey is a sadomasochistic douchebag. Like, I I don't think there's any question about that. But I I, I just feel like it's like, well, you know, she got away with so much at Winterfell, Arya did. You know what I mean? Like yeah, she's supposed yeah. to be, she's yeah. supposed to be a lady, but she acts like a little tomboy. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but in the context of the story, like she was let off the hook so many fucking times, and eventually it was bound to bite her in the ass. I mean, I mean, it's like I, I, I know that the the whole, it, it's like the whole crux of her journey, without you know spoiling too much, is like eventually you know it it, it comes to the point where all these things that occur to her family and, and her trainer, you know, the, the swordsman or whatever from Bravos, like those are all things that, that would lead up to her wanting to pursue a vendetta. But part of me is kind of like, well, who caused that vendetta in the first place? You know, like, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, there, there's obviously lots of participating factors to it, but you know, it's like, I, I don't well, know. I, I think that's like the, that's like the, that's the disconnect though, like that we get though. Because, yes, she is kind of coddled a little bit and everything like that. But I think this also goes back to Ned because how Stark is a family. They are, they are straight up a family. And they're not so much for the political machinations. They're very simple. They believe in certain you know values and stuff. So when they come up against the Lannisters, 
the Lannisters, the reason they do things the way they do is because they are a noble family. They are royalty. And when they come into conflict, it's basically a matter of the Starks not knowing this world. They don't know how to really do this. They don't know how things are done in a royal fam- family. And I think that's why it's easy to see the Lannisters as assholes. And there are a lot of them that are. I mean, Joffrey is an asshole. And, you know, yes, there there is, you know, Queen and, you know, like incest fucking and all that stuff. And, you know, it's not good. But, you know, if you look back in history, it's kind of how royalty was. <laughs> you know, it's just that's how things were done. So I think the contrast is not so much that the stars are good. It's just that they are put into a world that they are not used to. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's pretty clear because they they don't they, – well, at least, you know, in the case of Ned, in the context of this season, he he does not survive that world. You know, he, he wasn't made for it. And, and I, I mean, you know, the, the whole point of it was supposed to be that, you know, the hand of the king is, is supposed to basically protect the king. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, if, if you looked at it from like a, a common person's perceptions, not the audience perception, not your, your perception as a member of the audience who's, who's been made to feel sympathy for certain characters. But if you were just like reading the Westeros news, all you'd know is this guy was hired to be the hand of the king. The king got killed by a fucking boar, and now he's trying to take over the kingdom. Like, that's all yeah. you pretty much know, right? So he'd seem kind of like a douchebag who failed at his position and was trying to, like, you know, take advantage of the situation. So he, he would not look as honorable and, and kind of the everyman, the family man that we see him as, because nobody would really have that context. Or, or, or if they did, they wouldn't really care about it all that much, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, Ned is very sympathetic, but at the same time, you know, it's like, I hate to say this because it sounds mean, but he fails because he doesn't know what he's doing. He's doing his best, but he, he's his best is just not good enough in this situation. Well, it's interesting because it, it does turn into this kind of mystery situation, you know, like he's he's trying to figure out, like, why things happen the way they did. I mean, the reason why he's asked to be the hand of the king is because the former hand was was murdered. I mean, you know, and they don't yeah. realize that at the time. But I mean, that's something that he discovers. I mean, it, it's more of these you know, political machinations at play, you know, and, and learning like why the original hand was murdered. He then, comes he, to learn. He, he, he learns that the person who murdered him was murdered as well. Like, yes, you know, like, so, so it's like, it's like there's webs within webs and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and then on top of that, then, he, you know, he learns about, you know, the lineages and, and, you know, basically, you know, the king, you know, as, as, you know, he's made no secret of, you know, it's like he, the, the original king's tie to Ned, Robert Baratheon's tie to, to Ned Stark is that they, they fought in the war together. You know, what's interesting is I, I tried to watch all these like extended special features on the Blu-ray, like, and it's like funny cause maybe this speaks well to the way the, the series engages you. But eventually I stopped doing them even on my second watch through just because I was sort of engaged and wrapped up in the story. But I will say that that when you actually click on some of them, they do provide like this kind of backstory. And I think they even get some of the, the actors to narrate what they're telling you. So it's like there's there's stuff from from the point of view of like uh, um Bran, and there's stuff from the point of view of, like, Robert Baratheon, where he's like, oh, yes, 
I fought in the war. And it's like, I, you know, basically it's like he liked Ned's sister and they were supposed to be married. And then the Mad King was the one who like, I don't know, stole the sister away, basically. And that's what caused all the other, you know, kingdoms to team up against the Mad King, basically. And so, so that's how that all came down. So, I mean, ultimately it's like the, the way, the reason why, Baratheon, Robert Baratheon is in power in the first place is because he sort of led the charge and Ned's sister ended up dying and so he was forced into this arranged marriage with Cersei of the House Lannister who's fucking her own brother and it's like there's the, it's like this loveless marriage and and she, you know, despises him because he really only had eyes for Ned's sister, and in the meantime, he's off, like, fucking everything else that moves, and he's got a bunch of bastards all over the place, and then it turns out, of course, that Joffrey is really the son, well, basically everybody, every one of their children is really the son of, you know, Jamie Lannister, her brother, and herself, Cersei, you know, like, so it's like, there, there's all this kind of crap going on, and of course... You know, Ned uncovering everybody's dirty laundry does not endear him to anybody in that city. I mean, that's that's not, I mean, knowing something, but then being the honorable guy and, and trying to, you know, broadcast it to everyone. Well, yeah, that's not going to be, I mean, you know, there, there are people who probably knew that for a long time. But the reason why they're they're still a member of the inner circle, you know, you got guys like Littlefinger and God, I'm trying to think of everybody's name here, but uh, the the, know, right? the the eunuch guy, you know, Varys. Uh, uh, Varys. Um, you know, you got Varys. Uh, the uh, uh, whorehouse keeper. I forgot his name. Yeah, Littlefinger. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So I, was, I, was, so, I, keep, I always think of Littlefinger as Tyrion because I'm not familiar with his world. I always uh, keep okay. that. Yeah, so, anyway. But, but you have Tyrion, you have Tyrion, so, you know. Yeah. I, 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 anyway, Tyrion, I, Tyrion, I think, Tyrion I think, I think, weird, I, yeah. Well, I, I think, I think I would argue that to this point, and, and without spoiling anything, for future seasons, I mean, while I agree that, that Ned Stark is someone that, that you are definitely led to identify with and follow the story along with, I think I would say, like, one of my favorite characters from the series is Tyrion Lannister. Tyrion has that quality where he is duplicitous and he does seem he's scheming, but he's also a dwarf. And he is obviously not his father's favorite. His father, even when he compliments him, gives him backhand remarks, you know, he's like, you know, I'll make you, like, this position. You are my son, after all. You know, he says it with such dripping, you know, hatred. And Tyrion, like, even though he may seem like he's kind of evil, there's also this side of him where, even in the first season, I know later on people love him. I could see this even in the first season that he he has his own ideals. And if nothing else, you have to respect somebody who is like, I don't want to be this fuck. I know my family kind of sucks, well, and I want to do this it's, my it's, way. It's as weird as it sounds. It's like Tyrion actually has some like moral standards, like like it, it, like no matter what else he is, and like you know how how debased some of his tastes are, or you know whatever. It seems like he has like an actual level of moral fiber. Well, I, I think I think one of the scenes that illustrates that that I I like, and it's also because there is that 
I, I know I said, you know, catharsis is like a drop of water in the desert, but this, this is one of my drops of water in the desert where, you know, it is after they push, you know, it, 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 one of the, the it, it's Bran, right? That's, that's his name, right? The, 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 kid, who gets the kid who falls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So so Bran gets pushed out of the window by Jamie Lannister because he, Slayer, he, yeah. he he comes <laughs> in and, and you know, he, he does all this climbing around Winterfell and he of course climbs up and finds them fucking in the the, the tower and then of course, you know, he, he gets pushed out because he's seen them and they don't want him to reveal it and everything. And so in the following episode, it's like this tragedy, like, oh, how could this have happened? I guess he just accidentally fell or some shit, and that, that's how they're playing it. And so there's this moment where Joffrey comes up, and it's like, I, I didn't want to talk to the, the Starks. Like, why do I need to talk to them? Blah, blah, blah. And, and I love it when Tyrion just, like, smacks him across the face and is like, you will go there, you will apologize, you know, you will tell them you're sorry, and you will say that your prayers are with them. You know, and it's just like, it's fucking, and he's like, I will do no such, and he's just fucking smacks him again. It's like, you will do this, because you're a fucking king, or you're, you know, in the lineage, and, and you know, you've got some fucking decorum to attend to, and, and you will fucking do this. And, like, that, that to me is like, you know, I, I know maybe I'm exaggerating a bit, but, but to me that's like the drop of water of catharsis in the desert that is Game of Thrones non-catharsis. You know, it's like that moment where you're like, and, and that's yeah. right, I'm glad somebody got to smack that little shit, you know, like in this in this season, you know. And, well, and, and, and it also so, illustrates what, so. what what you guys are saying, that he does have a sense, you know, his own sense of, of moral fiber, you know. I mean, obviously, you know, like, you know, he goes around and he whores and he drinks wine and he, you know, loves loves his ladies and he, you know, he kills and he you know, is, is, you know, involved in, in all kinds of, of debauchery and stuff. But, you know, at the same time, it's like he, he does have a, you know, certain, you know, standards and, 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 you know, a sense of what he believes is right and wrong. So, I mean, you can sort of get behind that. Uh, yeah, to like, to like bring up something else is like, he does that right in front of the hound, first of all, which is pretty impressive. The hound's like, you know, like, hmm, you know, when that might come to bite you in the ass. And he's like, you know, I forgot he's that one, but, you know, he's pretty much like, yeah, if it bites me, it bites me. But also, as far as Lannisters go, he's also, like, one of the only ones who goes with the troop to the Night's Watch. And then, you know, he he goes to the Wall. And, you know, and him and Jon Snow actually form a uh, – they, they have a very interesting relationship. I don't know if I would consider them friends, but I think there is some mutual respect there. Yeah, I think I think there's I, I think him being a bastard and Tyrion being a dwarf, it's one of those not so subtle comparisons that they, they, they went through some some similar hardships. I mean you you see in the introductory scene with all the brothers and everything how even though you say that the Starks are a nice, good family and the and brothers, if, the brothers do look down on Jon Snow. Yes, they do. <laughs> well, not not. I I don't think so much the brothers. I mean, to me, it seems like the brothers and sisters probably are the ones that love him the most. But you know, in that opening scene, when when Catelyn looks at him, it's like, oh, you're the fucking offspring of some bitch, my fucking husband. Fuck, I can't fucking stand you. Like, don't even fucking look at me like that is the look or, she gives him, or, or that you know there's that scene with bran where he comes in and he's like very you know gentle and he's like you know wanting his brother to wake up and she's like i want you to leave now and i'm like what yeah. the fuck man i mean in in in, in, in all other contexts catelyn stark is a 
a noble lady. She seems like a good wife. She, you know, obviously loves all the other children that she has, you know, that kind of thing. But but in that specific context, you know, like that, that I guess maybe that's another thing that is very much like the real world. You know, there there may be people that are, you know, considerably good people in certain contexts, but you throw in like some unexpected twist, you know, and, 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 you know, like, I mean, you know, who knows, maybe to a lot of people, they say, well, yeah, that's fucking justified. Her husband fucked some other woman. And of course she's going to be pissed off. That's like, yeah, I mean, you know, you're right, I guess. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, if, if, if you're, what did he do? Yeah. yeah, but, but, you know, he did not. Yeah, exactly. He, he, he was not, you know, he, you know, the sins of the father visited upon the son, you know, basically, you know, and it's like, oh, well, she can't be mad at her fucking husband. So she's going to be mad at this kid who had nothing to fucking do with it. Like, it's like, okay, yeah, well, yeah. no, you're, you're not, you're not as, um, you know, I mean, you you can hold the Starks up on a pedestal, but they're not, they're not, you know, all uh, fucking, you know, strawberries and fucking roses and shit, you know? I guess uh, one thing I guess I want to kind of do in Broach, it's just we've talked so much about the Starks and the Lannisters, there is kind of a side story during the whole season, because they don't really interact a whole lot. I guess we should talk about the Targaryens? God, I, 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 it's like I need to bite my goddamn tongue. I can't say anything. <laughs> yeah, we should, we should talk about the Targaryens. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I just, I, I, I just feel like I, I felt like a tirade coming on, and I'm like, I just can't, I can't tirade, Tony. I, I need you to experience it on your own without my, my petty tirades or whatever. But yeah, there, there is the, there is the House Targaryen. I mean, the, the Mad King was Targaryen, so these are the, the offspring of, of that king and everything. Lineage, lineage. And, and so, so they do have a claim to the throne. I would argue that her brother is Veneris. That's that's correct. I think I'm so. really bad with names. Yeah, it's because it, it's 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 Daenerys Targaryen, and I think it's Veneris Targaryen is her brother. There is, you know, the not so subtle hint. I mean, even though they don't physically show you, but but they do intimate that the Targaryens were all about the sister fucking as well. So there's that kind of element to it where you're like already kind of at unease he's kind of selling his sister off as property almost to cal dargo uh or did i say cal dargo uh, <laughs> yes drogo yeah i know cal drogo uh i'm totally like like farscape and fucking stargate and i'm getting Superman. it all up you know it, it, people will forgive me if they're listening because they're still listening now. So, the, and Drogo um, is like not like a Targaryen. He's like the leader of like these enslaved people. Yeah, it's like this nomadic tribe, basically. I mean, he, you know, in, in that that context, that culture, it, you know, I guess if you put a Lannister into that culture, they would not thrive. Do you know what I mean? Like you're talking about, you know, thriving oh, yeah. on the culture of Westeros. You know, you put somebody like I, I, I would say, you know. Veneris is probably he would probably have thrived in Westeros the way he acted the things he did to succeed to ascend himself and he was trying to operate like he was in Westeros but he was not in Westeros you know he was at the fucking bum fuck end of uh, wherever the fuck they are you know what I mean like with, with this nomadic tribe and he just wasn't you know he, he, he could not play their game you know and, and so that you know I mean, uh, do like, you remember, okay. you, you, 
You saw uh, uh, Defiance, right, Derek? I, I have seen Defiance. You know, what's I remember funny? we talked about it. it, it what's funny is like they remind me of the white-haired people in that. Don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. The um, the what the yeah. aliens or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The um, you know, you know, okay. season three of that came out and fucking went, and I totally didn't realize. But anyway, just FYI, I, I have not watched season two all the way, so I'm not. I, I did watch season two like when it came out, but I didn't realize it was like another summer show. So it had just it just came out now. So anyway, I I, I should oh, watch that at some point. Sorry, total tangent. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Uh, no uh, yeah. So the, the thing I was going to ask about the Targaryens, you or Mike. One of the things that like I really noticed about them is like you have the Starks and the Lannisters, and you have all these other you know people who like live in those cities and those those uh, I guess shanty towns or whatever you want to call them those Coventries. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not good on my uh, medieval uh, parlance as far as those those name of those towns. The uh, Targaryens like they they both like I said they have this white flowing hair. They have very delicate features and they're very pale they they look like albinos almost but obviously they're not they can go out in the sun and they're fine uh, i think I that's, that's kind of like is that like uh, a genetic thing or just a, a family thing well yeah i think it's genetic because they they that that was the whole point of the sister fucking they 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 it, it's like um sorry to uh, i mean another total random reference but it may it makes me think of preacher in a way like the humper dinker do where they're like basically there there was that plot line <laughs> of fucking you know they're trying to to constantly interbreed the 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 blood of you know Jesus Christ or whatever. So it's like they keep interbreeding these guys, and they become so retarded that the, you know it's like basically it's this sacrilegious thing to piss off like actual religious people or whatever that Garth Ennis is writing. But it's like it's kind of funny as fuck too. So it's like yeah. but but w- without getting into that extreme in Game of Thrones, I mean the the backstory would appear to be that that is what Targaryens do. Like that, you know, it's like, I mean, in some sense that is Cersei and Jamie's justification for a lot of stuff. I mean, w- without, you know, I mean, I don't think they go into great detail about it, but it's kind of like, well, those fucking guys did it all the fucking time, you know, like that kind of thing. So yeah. like, how bad can this fucking be? You know, like, like, and, and, and <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, well, but then, I mean, and part of it is, is supposed to be, I don't know, like like an Aryan sensibility, you know, the purity of the bloodline. But it's like it, it gets weird. It's like it's like how pure can you be if you keep, you know, forgive the the term, but if you keep retarding up the bloodline by interbreeding, you know what I mean? Like that. I mean, I don't know. All this stuff is really icky to be talking about. A flipper right on at one point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I apologize. I I feel weird talking about it. Like, but anyway, that's just me. Like, like, but I mean, George R. R. Martin wrote it, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm just talking about what some other guy wrote. Send all your angry emails to George or R. Martin. Well, and, and like even the, that's one thing the Lannisters and the Starks actually agree on, if nothing else. They, they think the Targaryens are just, you know, savages and like, you know, mainly because of the Mad King, because he like he was he was big on killing because he went mad. Obviously, you don't get the title for no reason. But it, it's kind of interesting because the Targaryens, even if you don't like them, if you do like them, it doesn't matter. They probably have the longest road to hoe because they have no kingdom. They have nothing. They have like horses and a bunch of slave people. And, you know, and one of the interesting things is I thought it was eh, kind of sweet, kind of creepy. Because <laughs> when uh, Daenerys, is that her name? Yes. When she is sold to Cal Drogo, at first, you know, she's just getting pounded like a fucking rape victim. And I'm sorry if that sounds a little bit blunt, but that's how it is. He comes into the tent. 
takes her and then, you know, she is not happy. She starts talking to this uh, one of the other what, slaves. What, Tony? Those were, those were tears of huh? joy. Tears of joy from being yeah. taken by him. Yeah, exactly. She, she loved it, obviously. But uh, she talks to this slave woman, and this woman is a woman of the world. She's been raped and also turned about and, you know, used her sexuality to take advantage of men. And that's what uh, Daenerys well, does. She's, she, you she, know, she's, she's actually a... Uh... You know, she's a provider of services now, so she she oh, she yeah, is yeah. an expert, shall we say, in in pleasuring men. So that's why she she turns to her for you know, I guess uh, it, Firefly told training. Us, Derek, she's called a she's called a companion. She's um, a companion. There you go. She's a companion. Companion. Um, but that's kind of cool though, because Daenerys she kind of turns the tables on Kyle. You know, she's like, you know, I'm gonna fuck you. <laughs> you know, and. It's kind of funny, though, because they actually begin to fall in love with each other, you know? And, you know, after Cal gets his throat ripped out and Sorceress Girl's like, you know, I guess we'll talk about this here in a second. Sorceress Woman, who gets her temple burned down, she's like, you know, you can make me a deal and I'll bring back your husband. And she does, except he's a giant lump who who can breathe. He has, He's basically comatose with his eyes open. He, he has no response and everything like that. And she actually, she weeps for him, you know, and she does kill him, but she kills him because she doesn't want to see him in that state. She smothers him and he dies. And, you know, I was like, that is like, you talk about realism. I don't know if that's realistic or not, but it's like so strange to go from being well, it's, it's, it's interesting boy to like taking over and him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, the other thing too is I, I, I would, I would argue that even though I've, I've, uh, you know, I, I think I've, I've shown some of my bias without spoiling the future seasons for you. But in terms of catharsis, like, I feel like there's there's a lack of that. But I would say that that when Veneris gets his crown of gold, like that is a pretty cathartic moment, like where it's like you want your fucking crown here's your fucking crown, you know, like, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, I don't know, some people, they might be like, oh my God, that's horrible, but it's like, he, he I don't know, he seems like a pretty, hor- I mean, if, if anybody's comparable to, to the, the shadiest of Lannisters, you know, it, it is that guy, Venerys, you know, her brother, who, who probably diddled, you know, Daenerys off camera that we've never seen, and, and, you know, is basically trying to sell her the way he treats the uh, companion, you know, the way he treats that companion yeah. woman in that one scene where she's in the bathtub and everything and he's, you know, she's, you know, she's basically doing him and everything. And then, and then, you know, it's like that where he gets all indignant with her and it's just like, all right, like, you know, just fuck me. And I, wh- why do you think I, I have you here? Like, you know, you think I, I have you here to fucking talk to me and all this other shit and, you know, help my fucking sister. Like, are you for fucking real? You're here for me to, stick my dick in you. Like, that's basically how he treats her. And it's like, so like, I mean, he's such a, like, I mean, if there's anybody you want to see, get their comeuppance in that subplot of, uh, you know, this, this subplot that we're discussing now, it's that guy. And, and if there's anybody you want to see, give him his comeuppance, you know, arguably maybe it was Daenerys and she did not do it herself. But, yeah. I mean, if, if there's anybody else in that context, I mean, who else other than uh, 
you know, fucking Mr. Stargate himself, you know, like, it's, and it's like, it, I don't know, that, that seems, that seems pretty awesome. Aquaman! I mean, King of the Seven Seas, motherfucker! You want a gold <laughs> crown? I will put a gold crown on your head. And then he was oh, like, Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together soaking down or burn them up no one does it better whenever you find trouble they'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair stand for truth and justice and see on land and air firestorm and aquaman they make a super pair the fire and water podcast celebrating aquaman king of the seven seas and firestorm the nuclear man Available weekly on Aquaman Trine, Firestorm Van, and on iTunes and Stitcher. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag, here to talk about Firestorm. Along with me is my co-host, Rob Kelly, here to talk about some guy that talks to fish. Really? You're going to pull this crap during the promo? Bad enough, I have to put up with your shenanigans every week, but... You heard my, 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 my noob thoughts on the Targaryen subplot, Mike. I want to hear from somebody who's watched all this. Like, you don't... Have to get spoilers, but what do you think about the Targaryen like parallel storyline? I don't know why I was like too interested in it like the first time I watched this whole this season. Like I, I was kind of, like I I understood like they they've set it up pretty like you know quickly and they explain that like you know they they are children of the former king who was crazy and obviously like Robert Baratheon wants them dead and you know he he obviously sees them as a threat to his crown even though they've. They've probably been like hidden away for a long time, but I, I don't know. Like it, it, se- it definitely seems like extraneous, but like I, I guess I was interested eventually in it. But I don't know. I, I guess I wasn't as interested as the uh, like you know the stuff going on on the other continent, basically. And yeah, I agree with Derek that basically when you know, when he gets the gold crown, I was like, okay, finally, like that that guy was an asshole. Yeah, so. But I mean, other yeah. than that, I, I, it's probably like that. That subplot was not as interesting to me as the other stuff. I, I guess the reason too why I bring up the the gold crown is that to to juxtapose it with what happens after that point. And and Tony was talking about you know basically what happens. I mean she she loses her child. Her you know she has to do a fucking Kevorkian on fucking Aquaman. You know like it's like. It's like all this this shit goes down, and it's very sad. And 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 you see how that lady basically, you know, played on her kindness. You know, like it, 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 you know, talking about what ifs and infinites. It's like what if fucking Khaleesi did not rescue the old evil witch bitch? You know, like it might have been totally mm-hmm. different. Maybe maybe that's part of what if. You know, what if Caldargo or Drago had lived, you know, or whatever? Like, maybe that's that's part of the premise of that what if, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's like one of those things where it's like, that is, I don't know, to me, like, like, I, I felt like that was, I mean, isolated, like, it just felt very sad. I mean, after that point, do you know what I mean? Where you're like, oh, Jesus, man, like, because I, I don't know, it's like, it's weird. Like, if you if you come to the crux of it where you you react to it as Tony did at first, where you're like, oh, well, Daenerys is just a rape victim for this guy. 
You know what I mean? At the beginning. And then by the end of it, it's like they, she's this loving, devoted queen. You know, like, so it's like, it's like very interesting. It's like, I, I, I guess feminists maybe have a field day with that, that story arc or whatever. I don't know. Like, but, but, uh, you know, for, for me, it's kind of like, well, if, if you started out that way, do you think it's cool the way, Car- uh, you know, Cal Drogo went out? Or, I mean, to me, like, it's like, well, I, I mean, there are things about that character that you can respect a lot more about almost any other character in the series, even though, He's perfectly okay with all his men raping and pillaging as they go through and start conquering all this stuff. You know, it's like, what I find interesting is he's not really all about conquering and doing shit like that per se, but it's when they try to kill his Khaleesi. Do you know what I mean? Like, when they try to kill Daenerys... You know, then then it's like all bets are off. Like what? Like he's like kind of like what is this bullshit? This this chair everybody's fighting about, and she's like, no, no, it's a throne. <laughs> you know, and it's like what chair? Like who gives a shit about a fucking iron chair? And you know, it's like, but then it's like he he sort of gets into it once you know they start you know attacking and threatening the life of of his his wife and unborn son. You know what I mean? So it's like one of those things where he's like, wait, what? Like, okay, let's get a fucking crown. Let's get this fucking, like, we're going to fucking rape and pillage everybody. And then we're going to go to that fucking Westeros place. And we're going to fucking fuck shit up and everything. And it's like, I'm going to take back Atlantis. No, 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 not Atlantis. <laughs> well, you know, you know, like, that that's the kind of thing, I think, where you're like, I, you know, I need to not talk now. Do you know what I mean? Like, because it's like one of those things where you're like, you're like, okay, like, it's... It's something that would have been nice to see, but, you know, it's not so much a spoiler to tell you that Cal, you know, Drogo does not do that. But I would like to see a what if where it was like, what if Cal Drogo did arrive in Westeros and raped and pillaged people and fought the Hound and like, you know, did whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? And and raped a bunch of, raped Sansa and raped fucking Arya and raped everybody, you know, or whatever and fucking... You know, killed all these people or whatever. You know, like, like send all your angry emails to fanholespodcast@gmail.com. But you know, you know what I mean. Like, like you know, what if he, you know, I don't know, threw Tyrion around like a fucking basketball or you know, like whatever. But like, you know, but obviously that doesn't happen. You know, but it's like it, it's like I, I think I I feel like rewatching this. I was able to revisit. I'm trying to say this without it being spoilery. Like, I feel like revisiting the first season reignited the passion and wonder, like the sense of of uh, uh, anything can happen. Or like, I, I I just felt like seeing season one. I felt like there was that that George R R Martin had a. That, that there was this master plan, that there was a reason why everything was happening. Like, it was all leading to something. And, uh, you know, not, not trying to be not trying to be a major downer, not trying to be a spoiler. I, I don't know that I feel that way today. But rewatching season one made me recapture that sense of, you know, these are all chess pieces on a board and they're being immaculately moved in a certain position so that cool stuff can happen. And I'm not entirely sure that, that that is what was actually going on, but, but I did 
feel that way rewatching kind of, again. Is it kind of like watching Star Wars, like the original trilogy, and enjoying it and being like, oh, I love Star Wars. Then watching the prequels, and then you find out everything that happens, and you're like, Ugh. And then watching I, like, I, just I, even the first Star Wars again and being like, oh, that's why I like this this, this series, you know? That kind I, of I thing. don't know. I, you know you know what this is going to – I don't want to get into a whole Star Wars thing again, but I, I feel more like and, – and this is not comparative. I think that Game of Thrones Season 1 is way better than The Phantom Menace, but I, I feel oh, like yeah, – yeah, yeah. But but I feel like it's equivalent. I I feel like you know, for for me, and th- this is only applicable to me because I know a lot of people saw the Phantom Menace and went, oh, I didn't feel that. I wasn't into it. But for me, like personally, when I saw the Phantom Menace, I still had hope. I was like, you know what? I was like, I don't care if anybody's yeah. a downer on it. I just spent all this money on toys. Like nobody's gonna tell me this movie didn't kick ass. Like. The the pod race was cool. The sword fight was cool. Yes, Anakin was a little kid, but you know what? We got two more movies. Like, some really badass shit could happen with Darth Vader in two more movies. And it's all leading somewhere. It's all going somewhere. It's going to Mustafar. Like, they're going to have a fight in a volcano. Like, we can get there. Like, this can still be cool. This can still be salvaged. Like, and, and I don't mean it in the sense that, like, I think Game of Thrones Season 1 needed to be salvaged. But I'm just saying... Derek? Uh, I felt like like it was all there. somewhere. Yeah. I, Eddard, the House Stark, Lord of Winterfell and Warden of the North, sentence you to die. I saw what I saw. I saw the White Walkers. You understand why I did it? He was a deserter. The man who passes the sentence should swing the sword. Is it true he saw the White Walkers? The madman sees what he sees. Lord Eddard Stark, I would name you the Hand of the King. I have no choice. That's what you tell your family. Tell yourselves. That's what men always say when honor calls. You do have a choice, and you've made it. You might not have my name. You have my blood. Bastard boy with nothing to inherit. Off to serve in the ancient order of the Night's Watch. Next time I see you, you'll be all in black. It was always my color. You were never afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. Chosen your opponents wisely. I have a knack for it. The Targaryen girl convinces her horse lord husband to invade. We won't be able to stop them. Get it over with. Cut her throat. We commit murder on the word of this man. I'm a purveyor of beauty and discretion. All desires are valid. Jory. To a man with a full purse. We've come to a dangerous place. I was trained to kill my enemies. As was I. Everybody knew what this place was. No one told me. Well, Lord Snow, it appears you're the least useless person here. Perhaps I was wrong to distrust you. Distrusting me was the wisest thing you've done since you climbed off your horse. You think it's honor that's keeping the peace? It's fear. Fear and blood. So Jorah Mormon, huh? You like Jorah? I, I always laugh at all the memes it's... that they're like, friend zone did. You know, I think I love that shit. <laughs> 
I feel like I feel like, and this is not me like mocking Jorah. I just feel like like, dude, we've all been there. Like, we've all been Jorah. You know, we've all been friend zoned. It like so. It's like total. You know, I guess it, it feels like you've only seen season one though. I don't even know if that it, that's kind of possibly a spoiler, right? Like, because it's like it's like you. I mean. You, you kind of got the idea he, he digs her, right? I mean, they, they kind of set that up. I, I, yeah, I mean, he, he seemed like he had a boner for her, but he also seemed like he also respected her, too. It was kind of like, you yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. But then, of course, he knew. But, he, but he's also one of, he, he's one of those guys who seems like he's decent and noble, even though there is but, that whole, like, you know, I betrayed my you, master, you, greatest man miss, I ever knew. Did you miss the whole part that, like, he's, he's one of... Uh, Varys is fucking birdies? I mean, he's not really honorable. He's there spying on her. Well, I, well that's what I'm saying. I don't know if, like, if that, like, he's actually doing that because, like, I, I think that's his mission, but I think he's also, like, starting to fall for her, you know? Yeah. No, 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 that's fair. That's fair. I'm just saying, like, the, the, I mean, the it, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, it's like the dude who was bet to, what do they call it? The... Uh, uh, the duff or whatever, like you know, it's like I, I don't know. It's like it's like imagine you're like the dude who was bet to go out with the duff, and then it's like no, no, I swear I didn't take the bet. Like I really like you, duff. You know, it's just like no, you fucking went in there because everybody was laughing at the duff and you were doing some fucking, you know, I don't know, keg bro bet or whatever the fuck, and and you're a douchebag. You know, like I don't know. There's that there's that aspect to him as well, sort of, I guess. Uh, but I mean, I, like, yeah. like we say, it's it's layered. It's layered. Well, so. All I was thinking of is if you're compare, if you were comparing like Game of Thrones season one to the Phantom Menace, then who is Jar Jar in Game of Thrones season who is one? Jar Jar Bing Joffrey. Joffrey. No, <laughs> Joffrey. Joffrey is not Jar Jar Binks. You know who Jar Jar Binks is? Is that little minstrel guy who Joffrey cuts out his fucking tongue? <laughs> <laughs> the the guy who was no. singing the he was singing the song about Robert Baratheon. He's just singing a song. Misa <laughs> just wants to make everybody happy, you know. And it's like, we will make you happy, Jar Jar. You know, it's like, Jar Jar, tell I, me, I will give Jar what, what would you prefer, your hands or your tongue? As I say, Joffrey was at least smart as far as a singer, like minstrel. Yeah, fingers or tongue. Yeah, both of those are pretty shitty choices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, either one. It's kind of like it's kind of like Ned Stark's choices on a smaller scale, you know. We can't go too much in the the other guy because he didn't show up a whole lot. The Targaryen thing is there were some big moments, but yeah, he's 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 not a major character yet. He's like kind of in the winds. I guess like my favorite scenes. One thing I want to bring up about the series that I got from the first season. I know they're saying it's like a fantasy on a budget. But I understand what he's saying. It's is is their world. They they don't have dragon stuff yet because that's just not how their world is. I know he's not talking about the production quality. As far as the production quality, this show looks amazing for a TV show. Yeah, good special effects. I mean, good practical effects. Yeah, and the the, the costumes and the outfitting, and then I didn't just bring it up willy nilly. This is the one thing I really want to talk about. I think the Night's Watch are the most, like, enjoyable aspects of this first season. Because you feel like they are actually honorable and they have a mission, you know? I feel like 
as the viewer, you already know that the White Walkers do exist and are coming. So that sort of automatically imbues you with the knowledge that the Night's Watch does serve a purpose, no matter what anyone thinks. But, you know, I yeah. guess, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, like I, I think, uh, and, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, because even though he's a bastard, he does come from House Stark. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Jon Snow is probably a lot of people's favorite character in Game of Thrones. And Hold on, I would, Derek. I think you're going way out on the limb there. <laughs> what, what, and what I'm going to say furthermore than that is the Night's Watch has to be the most bureaucratic bunch of fucking middle management stupid fucks like in the whole show. <laughs> Like, I mean, because otherwise, like, like, because it's like, yeah, you like Jon Snow, and he comes in, and, you know, he does a bunch of cool stuff and everything, and, and this is not, I'm, I, you know, again, I'm, I'm trying to walk the tightrope and everything, but, but yeah, Jon Snow is a lot of people's favorite characters, he does a lot of cool things, he, he is part of what makes watching that Night's Watch subplot so engaging, you know, beyond the, the moments with Tyrion, and, and I know a lot of people like Samwise or whatever, you know, as a character and stuff like that. And and he, he plays a pretty decent role in this. I mean, I, I think his role gets bigger as, as the series goes on. But, I mean, he, he makes a good showing this season, I think. And, and, and those are the characters that I would say are the most likable of the Night's Watch. But there are a lot of characters, again, without spoiling anything, that are a bunch of middlemen. I mean, let, let, let's just take the opening scene, for example. We talked about the guys who got their wallets taken. Now, that guy, the young guy who was supposedly in charge and everything and telling the, the there, there was supposed to be the one ranger who was like a vet. He, he had been out there on the Night's Watch for like 25 fucking years. He knew the fucking wall inside and out. He, he, he'd done service outside of the wall and inside of the wall. And he was supposed to be really like a, a super vet. And then there was a guy we talked about who fucking lost his shit, ran off to the north and got his head chopped off. Right. And then there was the guy who was in charge of him. He was a young, snot-nosed little fuck who was talking shit to them the whole time. So it's like when he died, I was just kind of like, well, you're a fucking asshole. Like, you know, like, like you know, and that was my take on that opening scene. You know, so it's like, I, I think he's part of that middle management culture that's that's up at, you know, the Night's Watch, where it's like they well, think they know what they're doing. I mean, you're, you're going to see later... They're, they're, you know, w without spoiling anything, you're going to see later, there's going to be a lot more stupid middle management fucks that you'll recognize from different different regions of the, the other the other storylines, the A, B, and C storylines that end up at the Night's Watch. And you're just going to be like, wow, what a bunch of collective clueless dumb fucks that they've put in charge up there at the Night's Watch. But anyway, that that's just my thing. Well, on it. well he well, you gotta understand when I when I say I think noble, like I'm sure there are like you know more layers later on where it does get kind of stupid, and yeah, even some of the people who are in charge are kind of you know jackasses. But I, I think when I say noble is like the people who are noble, like okay, yeah, like Jon Snow, and even the guys he beats up who later become his friends, they don't want to be there. They were forced to be there. And they are actually the most steadfast, you know, they, they become brothers and stuff. And I respect that. I think that's really cool. It's like you're put into a situation you don't want to be in. You're doing it because 
honor or you're a criminal and you have nowhere else to go. And I, I, I like those characters a lot more. I'm not really talking about the high ranking guys who are just like, you know, fucking jack offs. I, well, I, like I mean, the, I, I think I think the guy yeah. that that Jon Snow apprentices under is is a decent, decent type. You know, like I'm not trying to think of his name yeah. now, but I, it escapes me. Do you, you know who I'm talking about, Mike? You know, the guy he saves from the White Walkers? What's that guy? The, the guy with the beard, right? He, he yeah. is, you might know, yeah. you guys might not know this, but he is also a Mormon. He is Jorah's father, actually. Right, right. Yeah, yeah that's the connection. Oh, okay. I, I was trying to think of that. the other Because it's like, there are all those connections. It's like, it's like Varys is a Targaryen, just like Daenerys and, and Varys, uh, or, or Daenerys. And, and then Mormont, like that, so his father... You know, like, he seems like a decent type. And like we're saying, for the most part, Jorah seems like a decent type, you know, and that's his father. So that was the, the whole deal with them. Like, there's lots of, there's lots of interconnectivity. It's not not quite as bad as, like, Cornrow Cousins Chapter 1 bullshit, but there's, like, lots of connectivity that you, may, you, you might not even catch if you casually watch the show because it's, it's never anything. I mean, it's not really explicitly spelt out. Like, they mention it, right? But they don't... It's not like you, you're ever going to have a scene, you know, where... It's like, by yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like where they're like, yes. Or it's not like he's going to call him up on his cell phone and be like, you know, you know, hey, Dad, <laughs> what up? You know, what's up with the wall, yo? You know, like, so... Hang on, like, Daenerys is like, what are you doing, like, Sir Mormon? He's like, I'm FaceTiming with my old man. Like, he's up at the wall. <laughs> he's like, send me a twit pic, like, old man. Like... <laughs> John says I'm going to walk on to Boris and be like, you know, oh, I wish I could do better for you. He's like, it's okay. You remind me of my son, who is may or may not be with the Targaryens right now, you know. They send they send a bunch of naked pictures of Daenerys to the wall on Snapchat <laughs> or something. Yeah. Oh, I, I, at, at the end of season one, I think everybody's seen Daenerys naked by now. So. Yeah. yeah. I was going to bring this up, and okay, I'm going to reveal my favorite character of the series now. I expect fan hate. I expect a lot of fan hate. It's not Jon Snow. It's not even the little little sister. It's it's not you know any of the any of the uh, Starks. Even though I like the Stark family right now, it's it's none of the uh, Lannisters. It's not the Targaryens even. Haha, you thought it was going to be one of the Targaryens because uh, at the end, one of the big reveals that the the cliffhanger is Daenerys. I guess because of the bloodline. I guess one of the reasons why they want to keep it so pure. Maybe I don't know. She walks into the fire, and the next day she wakes up, and she has a bunch of dragons around her. She's like queen of the dragons. Go you. And then she Fuck can't that. really get, get harmed by fire. That, too. That's also a plus. But you know what my favorite characters were? I really like the dire wolves. <laughs> the actual dire wolves. Well, you're... you're... Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not a furry. I just think that, like... They're badass. I mean, one saves Bran, the other one saves the little girl, and, like, you know, Jon Snow's his most faithful companion is his, you know, like, a ghost, you know, that's his most faithful companion. They're pretty badass. I'm sorry. No, they're, they're cool. I just don't think they show up a lot. Like, I, I feel like I don't, like, I forget they exist sometimes. Well, that that's that's not to backtrack on a comment I made, but that's the whole fantasy on a budget thing. It's kind of like, Oh yeah, we need to like use these guys. Oh well, that might cost some money, you know. So, and I don't know if it'll it'll play later on in the series. Derek or Mike probably know this, but in the first episode, 
We see that dire wolves, they say they get big. No, they get fucking huge if they show by the look of that carcass. <laughs> they get as big as, like, a small horse. I don't know if that happens, but that's kind of cool. <laughs> the, the special effects crew is just like, we'll just, like, paint a cow like a wolf. Like, forget CGI, you know. <laughs> the the bag on the cow's yeah. head says dire wolf on the yeah, top. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how that goes. I just, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just thought, like... I'm not even, like, a big animal person. I'm not one of those people who cries at dog movies and stuff. It's just, like, as far as fantasy goes, it's like, dragons are cool. Yes, they are very cool. But, I don't know, I also played, like, a lot of, like, Samurai Showdown, where you can attack people with Falcon, then your wolf. And I'm just like, I don't know, there's something really cool about, like, you were, you were talking about that comeuppance, Derek. And even if you didn't, even if that scene with Joffrey was like, oh, that's just fucking bullshit political, like, stuff that, like, you know, happens, you know. The dog, the dog saving the girl was really cool. The dog saving Bran was really cool. It was like that nice little come up. The, the dog, the dog saving Bran kicked ass. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to bat for that. Where he just rips the fucking shit out of the guy's like chuggler, and the blood goes all over the fucking place. That that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I like that shit. But you know, I just I just wanted to bring up the direwolves. I know they're, I would say not. Even important characters, they're more like, I guess, mascots of House Stark. But, you know, I just wanted to bring those up. I, I, I as, as far as a new, like, I guess I would say I'm a fan. I told Derek I'm going to buy season two. I'm, I'm, I'm into this. Hey, hey, I know, I know. I Not know. spoilerific at all, Tony, but we can do a what if. What if the Lannisters had dire lions? <laughs> oh, my God, they brought up lions, too. Right. Well, fuck you, Derek. Well, the, the, the lion, the lion is the the mascot of, of House Lannister, but there are no such thing as dire lions. So. Oh, okay, that is totally what if. Okay, I was about to so say. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just totally made that up, but okay, I, I okay. That, that's why that's um, why I was like that's I was why I was like it's that's why I was like it's not a spoiler. It's just me, like oh, okay. you know, brainstorming like you know Leo convoys eating dire wolves and making me feel bad. So. I'm just like, why did they bring Aslan into this shit? <laughs> I am Jesus Lion. Hello. <laughs> what was who? Was, what was your guys' fa- least favorite character? Who's the one that like didn't even like piss you off, but you were just like, oh, I want you to fucking. I think I know Derek. I think it's like the uh, Targaryen brother, but <laughs> yeah, he he kind of sucked. You know, I I kind of don't like the 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 witch lady either. She kind of made me mad. I mean, I know she she got raped like forty billion times and whatever, but. I don't know. She she rubbed me the wrong way too. She was a little bit self righteous. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And also, she's a liar. She's like, I'm not going to scream. Three minutes later, ah! yeah, yeah. I I will say like my my least favorite character in the entire series, and like not to spoil anything from future seasons, but it's continued on up until this last season, and she always gets like tons of praise and stuff. But, like, I, I don't know, and people seem to feel bad for her, but I never, ever do. I hate Cersei. Like, I really hate her. Like, she thinks she thinks she's clever and she's a schemer, but she's, like, it, it kind of unravels on her a lot. And, like, it, it, like it's, it seems like her father often points out to her that, like, you know, you're not half the schemer you think you are. Yeah, well, that I guess that's what's interesting is it's like you you can be a really great schemer if you've got all this muscle and and the power like the the power of her family behind her, you know, like that's you know it's like it's like she's got Jamie looking out for her, she's got 
you know, her father looking out for her. And then, you know, you know, later on there's, there's other people that are at her beck and call, you know? So it's like, yeah, I, I, I guess I see what you're saying. I mean, I, you know, what's interesting about that is like, she, yeah, I mean, she, she does in certain cases, like dig herself a hole, you know, like the, the way she goes about things, but you know, that's just, I don't know. Like, you know what it seems like to me? It just, it just, it's one of those things where it's like the, the only, you know, the, you, you, I, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't talk about her without like spoiling shit. I can't, I don't know. I just can't. So I'm just not going to say anything, I guess. There's like, what's the Tony? Damn it. Like, well, like I said, like, like I feel like scenes in recent seasons where people like online and said, like, you know, I feel bad for her. I'm like, I don't feel bad for her. She deserves like that. And, you know, and like, and she deserved for that to backfire on her or she deserved for, you know, so-and-so to call her on her shit or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, let me see. I don't, I, you know, cause we're talking in riddles now. So Tony doesn't, you know, clue in on what we're talking about, but it's just like, I don't, I, I don't, feel bad for her i guess but i do have that sense of what the hell's wrong with you woman you didn't see that coming a mile away like what's wrong with you like how what what did you expect was gonna happen like that kind of thing like that that's kind of my take on it it's not so much it it, it, it's like it's like one of those things where it's like you know what i'm starting to get to the point where i don't so much identify with any of the characters but it's like one of those things where it's like I can maybe get behind like a successful scheme, you know? It's like it's like you know what like 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 Peter Baelish, like Littlefinger. He, I mean, obviously he's not noble. He's not a good person. You know, he, you know, he runs a whorehouse. He's part of the inner council, you know, and and in this first season, you only get the slightest whiff of the shit he is responsible and, and, and a cause of like, you only get the slightest whip and it's like, but at the same time, like he's a slippery, awesome fuck that like, you know, whittles out of everything. Yeah. He's, he's competent. it's It's like, he's good at what he does. So it's like, yeah, he might be a jerk face, but at least you could be like, dude, my team is the winning sports team. I don't care if they all use steroids and, you know, well, like if, let's 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 put it let's put it on a scale like all three of us can like understand like if cersei is like negative five star screams and but (laughs) but, but, peter peter baelish peter baelish is like plus seven star screams basically i think i think peter baelish is like like seven star screams and like two loki's yeah. Like, like, I mean, it's like, it's like, there's, there's a lot of, I, I, I'd give him, I'd give him cred in that sense. I mean, and maybe even a, even a, even a fixer thrown in there for good measure, measure. And, and, and send all your, you know, all, all zero of our female listeners, send your angry emails to fanhousepodcast at gmail.com for what I'm about to say. But like Cersei's a girl and like in terms of the arena of women, like, yeah, she totally can be like a plus two star scream or something but it seems like when she starts playing with quote unquote the big boys like as her father will constantly point out like that's when she gets into that negative seven star scream category do you know what i mean because it's like she just 
She, she well, I mean, even if you don't like her, like Khaleesi, Khaleesi plays better against the boys than she does. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, no, I mean, she she's very good at manipulating the situation to her advantage. As far as my two negative characters, Derek has already told me that like things happen, and not any spoilers, but he's just like, you may change your mind later on. Kingslayer Jamie Lannister is a smug fuck in the first season, and he's an asshole, and he's a murderer, and he's just a bad person, and it's just a smug. That's the thing that really kills me. It's just so fucking smug. He drives a Prius. That's how smug he is. <laughs> Indeed, he drives three Priuses. And it, 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 but it, it is a tie, he's, a, he's a plus seven tracks. Yes. <laughs> seven tracks. But it is a tie, though, because I also really don't like Sansa. Or Sansa. She, I, I went back to the guy now. Sansa. Sansa is just... The, the, my biggest bitch with her is, is she starts off as wishy-washy and ineffectual. Then she gets wrapped up in Joffrey's douchebaggery. And that's the thing about Joffrey. He's a douchebag. He's a giant douchebag. But my God, he owns it. He's like, I am a douchebag. Enjoy me. And I'm like, okay, well, at least you know what you are. And she's just so, like, back and forth, back and forth. And like I told Derek, it's not until, like, you know, her whole family almost gets killed. She's like, oh, I stepped in the shit. Mm, my bad. But I will give her this. I will give Sansa one thing. And again, send your angry emails to fanholepodcast at gmail.com. That ass, though. I'll give her that. <laughs> really? Like, you, I mean, I'm just asking, because that, that's something I was about to bring up, just strictly a guy thing. But, like, uh, of, of, uh, yeah, I, I can't sugarcoat it. I'm just, I, I'm not into Sansa in that way at all. Like, I know she's supposed to be, like, Little Dove and all this other shit. Like, I... That's something I don't get. Like, like I, I guess, uh, let me put it this way. She's been announced as Jean Grey in the first class movie. Like, I don't get it. Like, other than that she's got red hair. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it either. I think she is not, not unattractive in her face. I think she is not a bad-looking girl. I don't think she's strikingly beautiful. I think she has a really nice body. I'm sorry. I'm a guy. I'll, I'll say that. I think she has a nice body. Okay. Okay, that's fair enough. I mean, th- th- at least that's an explanation to me. I'm just... I, I just was never like Sansa, yeah. Like I just was never <laughs> that was never my my reaction to it. It was more like, yeah, uh, you know, that's I guess she can get on the little special bus for princesses or whatever. You know, I mean, I don't know. Like I was just kind of like, eh. you know, that's the funny thing about King of the King of Thrones, Game of Thrones, is a lot of the women, and again, send your angry emails. Because I guess there are not a lot of them are made up, you know, like like you know, like Cersei and like you know Stark. I forgot her name. So many names. Which one? Sorry, Cat- Cat- Catelyn. Catelyn. Yeah, Caitlin. Um, Catelyn. Like they they usually have makeup and stuff, so they look a little, little bit more done up. But a lot of them are very all natural, which is fine. It is totally fine to be all natural. But you know, at the same time. The situations they're put in, it's hard to find them sexy because it's hard to be like that chick is hot when she's getting raped. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, yeah, no, that's that's, yeah, that's not, fair. I mean, there's there's a lot of yeah. drama and gritty stuff. It's like, well, I mean, it doesn't have to just be that. I mean, it can be as simple as like some some woman is doing a dramatic scene and they're they're performing their heart out and crying their eyes out and it's like you you know it's that that thing of it's not like a pretty cry where it's like oh i'm done up with makeup and i shed a few tears it's like no it's like this dramatic scene where like 
snot bubbles are coming out of her nose and she's like screeching and screaming yeah, yeah. and that shit. You know, it's like, look, like that, that to me, uh, you know, speaking from like the whole actorly perspective, it's like, I have respect for that. I mean, you know, all oh, yeah, these yeah, yeah. people, despite we're talking about like looks and this and that and the other thing, I mean, they all deliver, you know, wonderful performances. I'm just kind of being a dude and being like, dude, I, I don't know what you see in Sansa. Like, what's up with that or whatever. So that's, that's all I'm coming from. I mean, I, you know, Cersei, like, Lena Headley's not bad looking. I mean, she looks better than she did in fucking Dread with the scar on her face with <laughs> Mama and shit. Like, I, I would fuck Cersei Lannister before I'd fuck Mama, you know, at the fucking top floor or whatever. But, yeah. you know, like, it's, you know, it's it's what it is, I guess. Yeah, well, it's like, it's like, it's like Daenerys, you know, she's not a bad looking girl. But, like, one of her first nude scenes is she, like I said, getting pounded from behind by Drago and, like, you know, she is obviously not enjoying it, so you'd be a really weird fuck if you're like, "Oh, this is hot," you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think that's what those scenes are about. I think that goes back to that whole they're delivering a good performance. You know, they're 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 selling. Yeah, the, yeah. You feel bad the, for the yeah. feels. You know, they're selling the the emotional content that their character is feeling. So yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you know. And, well, I, I, and I've heard. I do not know. I don't know the specifics, but I have heard, and I forgot the names, which is good for me because. Forgetting the names will help me when I see this scene. I hear there's even a more uncomfortable rape scene later on in the series. Joy. There's probably like three or four of them. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, that could be anything. Well, no, I mean, like, the, none of no rape scene is comfortable. Don't get me wrong. But you mean like that? One that like, makes... you mean that part in Oz where Shibeta gets butt raped by Adebisi? That was totally uncomfortable. Well, it, it, it's like it's like one like these are um, unfortunately natural occurrence in the world of Game of Thrones, and you're like always a little bit like, eh, eh, when you see them. But I've heard there is one where you're like, not just, eh, you're like, oh. <laughs> like, it just, just hits all the wrong buttons, and you're just like, okay, I'm kind of used to this, and I know this part of the, like, the, the show. If, if, I, if I'm not happy what, about it, but this one really disturbs me. <laughs> if it's what I think you're talking about, I feel like it's a overreaction, because there were it might be it might be well, no 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 i'm just saying speaking for myself if what i'm thinking of is what you think you're thinking of and like you know being as general and vague as possible to be not spoilery it's like i think i agree with what mike said where there's like oh there's a bunch of other things besides that so it's like what now you it's it's kind of the way i feel about the whole starfire business you know where people are like oh the like, new 52 it's like the new 52 she's a slut and i'm like well she was not in wedlock when she slept with dick grayson back in the 80s it's like she was always running around in a fucking bikini just like that you know like it's like what is the fucking big deal now all of a sudden it's like what because your your three-year-old kid picked up a new 52 comic and you as a great parent didn't bother to look in fucking side like i you know it's like well, sorry, you know, like, I don't, I don't see what the fucking big deal is now all of a sudden, you know, like, so I, I kind of feel the same way about those things. I think, I think there's been lots of examples yeah. of, of rape in, in, in the context of all the seasons. And so it's like, I, I think it's odd that one in particular somehow woke people up. It's kind of like, have you been watching this fucking series? There's sister fucking and all kinds of, you know, incest and and fucking rape and 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 hookers and whores and you know mutilation like, and and death and it's like do you think that place of the show strength though? Do you think that place of the show strength though that they show sex and they show nudity? 
but it's 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 rarely. I mean, there's a couple of times in season one. Like, there's that one time where Daenerys and Cal are having kind of a special moment, and actually, it does look loving. It does look you know sweet, but like for the most part, the sex is very raw and very in your face. And I'm not saying that as like, oh, I'm offended. I'm saying like, do you think that places the strength of showing how almost barbaric this time is? You know, is like, is it like, okay, people fuck honestly just to get their rocks off, and it's like kind of disturbing. You know, it's like it's like just straight up desire. It's like I'm just doing this because hey, I'm a I'm a man. You're a woman. You both we both want this, or you may not want this because I'm a man. And it just shows like the the, the like. Like, you know, they always say, you know, winter is coming. We haven't said that yet. Winter is coming. Is it showing kind of the decadence and degradation of this society as they head into winter? Yeah, I, I, I don't see why. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would agree with that assessment. I mean, I mean, speaking for myself, my general perception of how the quote-unquote sex affects me, I, I mean, I think I'm very indifferent to it in the context of this story. Like what I was about to, you know, what it brought to mind actually, and and this is not, I don't know, it, it, it's sort of relatable, but sort of not. But uh, just to illustrate my point, and hopefully people will understand how I come to view the sex that's portrayed on screen in Game of Thrones by this, by way of this example is, you know, Justin and I watched Penny Dreadful. We did a podcast on it and everything. Now, there's a group of characters, especially heavily featured in the second season of Penny Dreadful. They're all witches. And when they're in their full-on, like, witch mode, they are all naked, but they're all bald. They're all pale-skinned, and they have tons of scars all over their bodies. So my point with that is... I don't look at those women and go, oh, yeah, I want to fuck them bald, scary, pale fucking witches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have that reaction to it. I mean, to me, it's it's almost like, ugh, like, that's kind of fucking creepy and shit. Like, that, that doesn't make my dick hard, basically, you know, to be as crude as we are on this podcast, you know? And and I, I, I don't think it's as extreme in Game of Thrones, but I'm telling you, I don't watch Game of Thrones to make my dick hard. I'm just saying that, you know, like, straight up, like... Like, it's just a fucking show, it's entertaining, and, you know, like, I watch it, and there's intrigue, and pitfalls, and political spoils, and, and action, and all that other stuff. But, I mean, as far as, like, comparing it to porn, I mean, you know, yeah, I suppose on a very superficial level, you could be like, oh, this is just a bunch of fucking porn, you know, like, I suppose. But, for me, it's like, I, I kind of... I don't know. It, it 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 just seems to sort of it doesn't affect me as much. No, I get you. I get you. You know, get in, you. in the yeah. sense of, I mean, the the only the only thing I would say is, and 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 this might seem kind of funny, but but the the only thing I would say is when I did watch this show, and and my mother was still alive, and we watched it together. Anytime there was one of those scenes, I felt more uncomfortable watching it with my mother in the room. But that was, I mean, that's about as far as it went. Do you know what I mean? Where you're just kind of like, oh, I guess, guess I gotta like somehow get through this scene. You know, like this feels weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I mean, other than that, like I can't, I can't think of, I well, can't I, I think would of anything like, like, like that. Like, you know. Well, there's like a scene I remember early in like uh, 
episode one or two or three, I can't remember exactly, where we established Tyrion is a whoremonger. He he enjoys women of the night, and he he's a drunkard, and everything is consensual. And like four women rush into his bed, and their asses are hanging out, their titties are swaying, everything, and like you know, as like you know a normal American male, you would think, oh that's hot. But when I'm watching the show, I'm like, no, this is just a scene. If it was a porn where, like, you know, five minutes into it, like, ten minutes into it, there's, like, hardcore fucking and stuff, and it's more, like, you know, for funsies, I'd be like, oh, I'm turned on. But just seeing that scene, I would just, like, no, this is just Tyrion. He he, he likes women. He likes to get fucked. I didn't well, feel I mean, the need I mean, to, like, yeah, you know, without my dick, you know? Yeah. It, it illustrates the point. I mean, another character, I guess, worth talking about is is the, the lady he shacks up with, Shay. You know, in that first season, I, I can't say I'm extremely attracted to her either. Do you know what I mean? But I get the point. Like he obviously is. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. I mean, it, it works. I mean, it's like I'm, I'm, you know, that that's fine with me. I get it. I get what you know what I mean. Like I get what it what what she represents. But I mean, if somebody told me like, oh, you know, the lady who played Shay, we're gonna cast her as the Black Queen in the next X Men film, I would be like, eh, whatever. You know, like, like, like that would be my attitude. But, I mean, in terms of the context of this particular piece, it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, I, I think, like, for me, Game of Thrones is sexualized. There is sex in it, obviously. There is, like, sex, and it does kind of sell it, but it's to sell it in a different way. It's not sold as fat material. It's not sold as, like, oh, look, guys, titties. It's, like... You know, I mean, a perfect example is when Daenerys at the end, she's naked and covered in dragons. How would you find that hot? You know, it's well, yeah, like, and, and she also the point. Yeah, and she's also been. I mean, you know, it's it's more about she's been burned. You know, and it's like she's impervious to the to the fire. So it's like she's also yeah, her clothes have been burned away. But she, she's, she's okay, also yeah. covered in soot. So it's to illustrate the point. Like, look, like all this stuff, but her skin is impervious to fire. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure there are dudes who are like, yeah. dude, Daenerys is hot. You guys are crazy. But, I mean, to me, I don't think I've ever been like, you know, yeah, Daenerys. You know, i just kind of like, all right, she's, you know, she's the yeah, great. Yeah, even like, even like Sansa, she's like talking to the old guy. I forgot the old guy's name. And the old guy totally fucked her. That's, that's totally something that happened. She's like Sansa? getting washed up and stuff. And like her ass, her ass is in the scene for like five seconds. She's like mostly naked. And I'm like, oh, she has a cute ass. But I wasn't, like, turned on. I was like, oh, no, she has a nice body. I wasn't aroused. I was, like, enjoying the scene because you have this old guy doddering in the corner. And it's kind of hard to, like, get turned on with an old guy doddering in the corner, you know? It was just, like, a passing thing of, like, oh, she has a cute butt. You know, and that was it. You know, it wasn't like, you know, I'm so aroused, you know? Are you – I'm confused now. I don't even know what scene you're talking That was Sansa, wasn't it? No. You're talking about the Ooh. guy from the inner circle? Yeah, the old guy. Was that Sansa? No, that was some some horde. That was the one from from Winterfell that was like fucking all the the, the brothers. It looked just like Sansa to me. Wow, wow. No, she didn't say that, anything. That wasn't Sansa. Oh, okay. No, no. Okay, remember well, the, the, the girl? Remember the girl named Rose? I think her name was Rose. Like it was, mm. you know, the one that was the uh, 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 what's that guy's name? Um. Theon Greyjoy was another character who we haven't discussed at all, really. But he is a, uh, I guess he's a, a friend of of House Stark, you know, of Winterfell, and he's, he's really good at manipulating too, because he he plays like he's really old, but he's actually kind of virile for his old age. 
No, that's not Theon. No, that's not Theon. I think we're talking about different characters now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well okay, no. Okay, let me set up the scene. Let me set up the scene. There's this old guy, and he's in, like, an orange robe. I thought it was Sansa, because it looks a lot like her. And I guess it's because she's from the back, and she doesn't say anything. And she's asking how to please a king, how to make them happy. No, that that's the, the whore. Who is that? That's the whore. That's the the, the one that okay. sleeps that with that Theon scene. Greyjoy. So, yeah. Okay, so that's Theon Greyjoy. Okay, well, I, I had an idea that's who that was. I just thought that looked like Sansa. I thought like she just like was like, uh, I will just like fuck this guy because Joffrey's like you know waiting to put a baby at me. I thought like she was being duplicitous. Okay, okay, I, I didn't know. It's hard. She looked just like her. I thought. I don't know. It was like that's that's kind of strange. So. I, I, that, that, I uh, sorry, I'm just getting over the fact that you thought that Sansa was fucking the old guy. That that's <laughs> freaking me out. Like, okay. Well, I mean, in the story, she's she's like a fucking you know teenager, but like the the actress I thought was at least over eighteen. That's why I was like, that's why they let her do a nude scene. <laughs> no, that's not well. Wow. I've had my whole world rock tonight. No, remember, remember the okay. There was when they were in Winterfell, right? There was there was the redheaded woman who who was sleeping. You know she was she was the you know it's like at, there's the scene where she goes off the King's Landing and the the okay the the young guy who's friends with Rob Stark. He, he he's the guy who's always kind of egging him on to go to war. That's Theon Greyjoy, uh-huh. and 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 okay. he basically was was screwing this redheaded you know lady of the night companion whatever the fuck we're calling him. But anyway, he okay. he was he was sleeping with her. Basically, everybody in Winterfell. She was she was the Winterfell like town whore that everybody went to to see. That's where a lot of people lost their virginity. Blah 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 blah. So there's that it, scene where like, she's there's that scene where yeah. she's in the back of the wagon, and and he says he says let me see it one more time, and she's like see what, and he flips her the the coin, and then she pulls up her dress to show him her snatch that one last time before she fucking rides off to Winterfell. You remember that scene? Oh, okay. So I, I and then, she, and then that scene where, where like, and gone then, away and then, forever. Okay. And then she okay. goes, okay. she goes to Littlefinger's establishment. And remember there's the Indian lady and her, and they're both licking each other's snatches. And he's telling them how to make a, uh, you know, basically he's trying to explain to them, you know, how, how to fuck them and not be fucked. Like there's that whole monologue he yeah, has, I'll, I'll be, I'll, and then you see I'll, her screwing the old guy from the council, whatever the fuck his name is, that guy who pretends he's he's limping around and, and hunched over, but in reality, that's it. yeah, that's that, that's the scene I'm talking about. That's right. I'm trying. I'm trying to paint the picture to where we got to that scene, so you understand that it's not. Okay. See, I got confused because I thought she went to Winterfell and just stayed there, and like I forgot about that. I'm sorry, uh, fan holes listeners. I binge watched this, and like I watched like seven episodes in one day, and then today I watched like the last three episodes. So some of it kind of got murky. Okay, I thought it was Sansa. I thought I think I I thought it was weird too. I was like, why does she sleep? I think you guys. Why does she sleep with the old guy? I think you guys mean King's Landing too. She she went to King's Landing, not Winterfell. She went from Winterfell to oh, King's okay, Landing. Well, there you go. Isn't that what we said? No, you guys were saying she went to Winterfell. She was leaving Winterfell. 
Okay, I thought that's what I said, but all right. So anyway, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Nerds yeah. were fighting Everybody with each other everybody. over the littlest things. So there you go. But yeah. Well, no, no, I'm sure you're right. You guys have actually watched this twice. I've watched it once, so I, I got confused. Fanhold listeners, I'm sorry. I thought the redhead, because Sansa's like a redhead, like you know, strawberry blonde herself. So I thought it was the same girl. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was weird too. Don't get me wrong. I was like, when I saw like her like naked in front of the whole guy, I was like, what? That's why I was like, I was like, I don't. That's why I was like, I don't remember that scene. What the fuck is he talking about? So anyway. Okay, sorry. Uh, I, no, no, I remember no, that's the true. plot points. Yeah, I'm so Yeah. So uh, now I gotta watch it again. So I could be like, hey, yeah. but hey, the the the, the horse got to keep up. <laughs> Derek's like, actually, she did. Yeah, Santa, you're wrong on, but yeah, the the horse, she was cute. <laughs> she 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 had a. Okay and I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry, panels <laughs> listeners, but there are whores in this continuity. They are called whores. I'm sorry. Send all your angry emails to. <laughs> They're, they're companions from uh, the Firefly universe. They were all uh, yeah, exactly. teleported in from various points of the multiverse. Is there any like I don't know? Did you did, was there some anything else you wanted to discuss? Since we're sort of we're, we're we're sort of revolving around your first watch of of Game of Thrones, Tony. I, w- I will say this: one of the reasons this podcast has been so vulgar is because the show is rather vulgar, and it the is what fuck it is. you say. <laughs> I know, right? Are you serious? Are you fucking kidding me, you cunt? <laughs> but at the same time, it is very enjoyable. It, it's like Lord of the Rings if they fuck a lot of people. And we're not allowed to use cuss words. Because Sean Bean's even in it. You know, hey. You know? <laughs> he, he, he got to play his horn one more time. I think, I think I described it as that to someone once. I was like, it's like Lord of the Rings, but with a lot more incest. It's like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like Deadwood meets Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I'll give my final thoughts and let you guys give your final thoughts, I guess. I know you started this podcast there, but this is this is a newbie's tank, so I'll let the more experienced guys go last and, you know, cover over anything that I missed because I didn't even know the person who was getting, you know, sexed on. So a lot of strong characters, a really interesting plot. I, I, I you know... Didn't I? Well, we said we'd do this at the end. I didn't get into Game of Thrones originally because everybody liked it, and I am one of those assholes. I'm not a hipster. It's just when everybody watches everything, and they tell me how good it is. I get desensitized, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's great, I'm sure," and I just get turned off to it. And it's like, "You gonna watch Game of Thrones?" I'm like, "No, I fucking don't. Shut up." And I happened to go to Walmart one night, and they had a DVD collection for fourteen dollars for season one. I'm like, fourteen dollars? Fuck, I'll try it. And, you know, and I, I've enjoyed it. I, I think the characters are really good. And even though I like the Direwolves the best, I will say Jon Snow is a compelling character. Even though I think he's an asshole, I like the fact that Derek said Kingslayer Jamie Lannister has an arc that is going to be forthcoming. I, I like characters who grow. I think that's a really cool thing. And I mean, you know, even though I like downplayed their importance, dragons are always cool. Who doesn't like dragons? So it's a really good fantasy mismatch of like things I like, and as far as I go, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch season two, and as far as what I thought of the first season, there was a couple of things that like Derek said, you're just like, oh my god, is there gonna be a hero in this? But at the same time, I'm like, 
if you keep waiting for a hero, is that such a bad thing? If you want the good guy to win? And at a point, I might get pissed off about that. Derek has stated I might. But right now, just season one, I'm kind of like Derek with his reviewing of it. He saw it with, like, you know, fresh eyes after a couple years, and he really liked the first season. I like the first season, too. I might get pissed off later on, but right now, I thought it was really enjoyable. So I would definitely say, if you've never watched King of Thrones, if you're, you know, like me, and you're getting ready to watch Glee for the first time in a couple of weeks, because it's, you know, 2010, <laughs> then give it a <laughs> shot. I, I, <laughs> I live five years behind. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not going to watch Glee. Don't worry. Dude, but the Flash the is on Glee. You, you have to watch it now. <laughs> he is. I think he is, actually. But if you have it, like, on Game of Thrones fever and you want to give some good uh, fantasy a chance, I would I would ha- highly recommend season one, if nothing else. So that's my, that's my complete thoughts on season one. So I'll let you guys take over from here. You're not going to take pictures of dancing Glee Man anymore, Iris. You're going to take pictures of me. <laughs> I call it the Glee. <laughs> He's a good singer, so that's that's, that's all that matters. <laughs> no, I I mean I'll I'll just I I can you know sort of tidy up real quick. I mean the first season is good. I mean the first season is is an excellent introductory piece. You know, they set up all the, the houses, they set up all the characters. I mean, clearly it's a very intricate fantasy. And, and, and it's not for any lack of, uh, you know, love or, or, or care. I mean, it, it's all, it's all very well done. I mean, I, I have not read the books, of course, right? I don't read books. I'm a big dunderhead or whatever, right? But, you know, like, I've heard people say that watching this first season, and then, you know, maybe waiting a little while and going back and reading the first book helped them establish certain visuals in their minds. And I know Alan Moore is probably having a coronary or whatever. But anyway, like like that it helped them establish certain visuals in their minds so that, you know, I, I don't know. I, I got the impression that that reading the book on its own and using your own imagination can potentially be unwieldy. And they took something that was, you know, obviously very entertaining and intricate and, and, and had a lot of layers to it. And, and they made it something that was probably palatable to the masses. So I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, I, I think that was all very well done. I mean, and just going back to what I said before about the great potential I saw in it. I mean, that potential is is still there but i mean it's it's just i don't know that you know you know like i'm i'm trying not to spoil stuff but it's just uh you know one of those things where i'm like look if if you've been with this for you know the the five seasons that it's run i mean i i, I think some people could feel me you know i'm not trying to spoil it but just the idea that you know the potential that i saw here in other words if i keep talking about examples of what if stories obviously you know certain things did not come to fruition so it's like it's one of those things where you feel like there were certain unwritten promises in this first season. And based on how certain unwritten promises turned out to not be delivered on, you start to wonder if things will ever be delivered. On. And that's that's all I'll leave it at as far as like non spoilery 
you know, future talk or whatever. But that's that's kind of my take on it. What what about you, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I don't have I don't have a whole lot to say other than I enjoy watching it. It does get a little like exasperating, especially like where we are now. Like as we as we record this, like the fifth season just ended, and the sixth season is going to be, you know, coming up next year. But you know, it gets a little exasperating, like especially like you you got to be get used to the show basically like you got to like like Derek I like the analogy you were using Derek about the water in the desert basically and just just keep in mind that the water will be extremely sparse basically you got to love deserts yeah exactly <laughs> exactly you got to love deserts with no catharsis for a long you gotta, time you got to yeah. be all about the dune arrakis desert planet yeah so anyway you like, you like the heat, motherfucker? You go get the heat. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I, I, I guess since everybody's kind of satisfied they've had their their say on things, I think we'll move on to the regularly scheduled segment of the week, which is our what is awesome in your world this week. And that's usually where we like to talk about a, you know, certain awesome thing. It can be, you know, a book, a movie, a TV series, a comic, something that we just thought was kind of cool. Maybe it's a toy or something like that. So, you know, we just like to go around and, and tell everybody what's new and cool, what basically is awesome in our world this week. Since we were just talking to Mike, I guess I'll put him on the spot here and ask him what is awesome in his world this week. I think I don't I don't remember if I mentioned it before on this podcast at comic-con obviously like months ago idw announced that there's going to be a sequel to last stand of the wreckers which might be one of my favorite transformer stories of all time and i'm sure both of you guys it's pretty up there for you guys as well called sins of the wreckers and uh the november like solicitations for our idw came out today so they had like the first issue of sins of the wreckers like solicited so i was I was excited to see all the cover art and, like, to read the blurbs and stuff. So I'm really hyped for that series because yeah, I really loved that series. I love Nick Roach's art and his writing. And the blurb kind of indicated that Prowl will be, like, a main character in the series. So obviously I love Prowl, too. And, you know, the the Wreckers return. You know, Springer finally comes back. He's He's still in a coma since, like, I think we talked about Last Stand of the Wreckers years and years ago. And Springer has not changed his status in the comics since then. He's been in a coma this whole time. So, like, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back to that story. Yeah, I, I, I think that's cool. I, I would enjoy checking that out. We'll have to do a TF Tuesdays on it when it's all done. Yeah, sounds good. What about you, Tony? <laughs> you got you got something new and awesome in your world this week? Yeah, much like Mike, mine is TF-related, not Game of Thrones or fantasy-related. I finished up Minasaur this week. I went the collector route and instead of off-road i got wild rider slash breakneck if you want to be specific uh minasaur it depends he might be your cup of tea he might not i think he's really cool uh he's got a really cool aesthetic motormaster is a really great voyager if you got the Optimus prime combiner wars figure i'm sorry i don't think he does a good job as Optimus prime but as motormaster he really hits all the nice little sweet spots combining the minasaur He's a little fiddly. I'm not gonna lie. You have to like work with the legs, but he's actually taller than Superion if you do like a fan suggested combination. And Wild Rider is really sweet. Breakneck slash Wild Rider. 
has a very cool G1 head, much better than off-road, I think, in my opinion. And I was really happy to get them. And now that's uh, two down. I have Superior on a Minasaur. Now I have to get my favorite combiner of G1, Defensor, and I'll be pretty happy. Bruticus and Devastator are still on the horizon, but Minasaur made me happy this week. I'm really happy I got them and have no regrets. And I don't need blackjack. I've got, I got black and gray panels for my chest. I'm good. <laughs> Cool. No, that's awesome, dude. I, I yeah, that's pretty cool. Like it's kind of like you got the whole like character thing, but also the team building bug because you're building the the gestalt and everything. That's that's sweet. Yeah, I like them. For myself, I've actually been vamping because I'm trying to decide what what I was going to talk about. But I think I'll just mention that I don't think I've mentioned this on the show yet. My my old bio laptop like died a little while ago, and so I had to sort of figure out what I was going to do at that point. And well, I guess to figure out is because, you know, Sony doesn't really make stuff anymore. Like, I mean, it's like, I guess they sell like tablets and stuff, but like, I mean, as far as like what, what I originally bought, I was able to, you know, back in the day, I was able to go to the Sony store and, and custom build my own laptop with, with everything I wanted to my specifications, but they don't really offer that anymore. So I, I was sort of like shopping around and checking out different places and, and, you know, basically they had to offer me the option to sort of custom build something. And what I ended up going with was a company called Origin. I guess they're, they're touted for making like gaming type laptops and everything. And, and I wouldn't say I'm much of a gamer, but I mean, obviously I wanted to use the laptop to, you know, edit videos and edit podcasts and different things like that. So that was part of my, you know, criteria. And, and I had a bunch of other things that I wanted to add, you know, custom build to, to the laptop and everything. And so I went with them and I've actually been using the, the laptop now. And I, I, I just want to go to bat and say it, it is pretty awesome. So I'm, I'm happy I have a spanking new laptop and it's, you know, I, I, I sent the specs to some of my tech buddies at work and, and one of them's like, that laptop's a beast, you know? So I was like, okay, cool. I did good. You know, like, so it's like, all right, like that's, you know, I, I built a pretty decent laptop, so it's, it's, it's got a lot of power and speed and everything like that. And it'll, it'll definitely fit all my, my needs. So I figured I'd give that a shout out as far as my awesome thing of the week. Best thing about it is that there is that, that, that it glows. It does glow. It does glow. Yeah. It, <laughs> I, I put, I put the, the red lantern emblem as my screensaver because it sort of matches the because it basically the the keyboard and the the mouse pad and, and it's got like lights on the edge i mean it kind of looks like sark from tron or whatever it's got I, I think i joke i think i <laughs> joked that it looked like it was powered by rage yes yes it is powered <laughs> by rage it's like damn you cersei damn you game of thrones you know like it's all mad and stuff <laughs> like it's like you know when are you finishing writing the books george rr R. martin and then he can like flip us off or whatever i did think that was kind of cool that's worth mentioning it isn't really a spoiler for the season but i remember somebody asked him like in some interview or something and i think he flipped them off or said fuck off or so i don't know it made me laugh because it was like basically it's like it's like the the george rr R. martin of it'll be ready when it's ready you know like kind of thing <laughs> You know, so, so that was kind of funny. But yeah, that's that's probably a good way to go out on uh, George R. R. Martin 
flipping people off and it'll be ready when it's ready. So we, we hope you enjoyed or at least tolerated listening to us bullshit about a Game of Thrones season one. I know it wasn't like super in depth and well thought out on, on my part. I just kind of was winging it and stuff, but, but we did want to talk to Tony about it. Cause you know, like we said, he's a, he was a noob and you know, he wanted to, to get a lot of stuff off his chest. So we were happy to, to do that. So, so we hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, or angry, angry, furious emails about some of the stuff that was said, please send them to fanholespodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on the regular fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. You can stream our podcast on Stitcher Radio. You can also find us on Podbean. Apparently, there is now a app for Podbean that people can download and listen to us there. I tried to download it from my phone, but I guess my phone is too old because it's not compatible with the app. But I guess if you have a more recent smartphone and you want to try to listen to us via Podbean, there is an app out there that you can use. And then, of course, we're on all the social medias. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram. We're, We're on all that good stuff. So you can definitely reach us there. Again, we appreciate all the likes, feedback, shares, and everything like that. I noticed lately my my aunt has been sharing a lot of our posts and stuff. So you know, and 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 you know, to everybody else, if you're if you're not mentioned, of course, it's timey wimey. So don't feel bad. We do appreciate all the likes and feedbacks, um, regardless of when we mention them. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek Derek WC signing off. This is Mike again. What if Batman had tossed Joffrey off that balcony? And none of that shit would have gone down. <laughs> and this is Tony, and I'm such a noob, I didn't know that Sansa did not fuck an old guy. Sorry, winter is coming. Peace? Not in, not in, not in Game not of Thrones. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off being very vulgar, so so feel free to do talk however you see fit. Um, I just want to make sure. As you wish, Khaleesi. As you wish, Khaleesi. Did you just fucking call me Khaleesi. What the <laughs> fuck? Come on, man. All right. Yeah, I I mean. Okay, I'm, okay. I'll call you. I'll call you Cal Drago. Is that better? <laughs> no, because he's.
He's a, and this isn't spoilers because you've seen everything, right? He's a dead fucking fuck. So no, I don't want to be Kyle Frogo. I don't want to be anybody in this goddamn forsaken fucking show. Like that. <laughs> yeah. fuck I was that trying shit. to like, I was trying to think of like, who's my favorite character? Who doesn't get royally <laughs> fucked in, but in the ass? Nobody. Nobody. Uh, Mike, does Derek sound like he's getting a little silent on your end? Not really, no. Okay. Okay, it might just be me. Okay, if it's just me, that's cool. Okay. I don't know. Like, like I think. Yeah. No, it sounded it sounded okay to me. Okay, hey, as long as it records, good. That's all I care about. Okay. It's funny you actually sound silent to me. Sorry. Maybe it's just between huh. you guys. Yeah, it's possible. You are the Cylon, yeah, okay. you dirty right. Cylon. <laughs> you know, like, well, it, like, you know. like, like Spider-Man. Like, you know, Spider-Man in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, the whole deal with Spider-Man was is his social life was a wreck. His personal life was a wreck. You know, he had an ailing aunt. He, he was always late to school because of being Spider-Man. And his dating life was a wreck, you know, not in the eighties so much he got married, but still. And like his whole the whole catharsis was that he was able to go up against bad guys, get his ass kicked, and then come back for round two of power and then win. And you're like, Yeah, he goes fighty. Like that's what you got, you know. It was like his life wasn't perfect, but he did win battles, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or even I mean, even if like, yeah, okay, like you know, uh, I guess, you know, there's much consternation between all of us of what constitutes the Parker luck and what isn't, isn't the Parker luck. But usually what the old Parker luck was, was cause he was out busy being Spider-Man. Like he didn't get to, you know, I don't know, get Aunt May the fucking rent money or, or, or pay for Felicia Hardy's hospital bill. And then she was pissed at him or like, you know, like, or, or, you know, he stood up Gwen yeah. Stacy on a date and then she thought he was a, you know, two timing, stupid head or something you know like something like that it's like but Gwen what I was really doing was I was like beating the shit out of the rhino and the shocker but I can't tell you that because then like I'm gonna you know and basically it's like wah 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 Parker Luck or whatever right and it's like well okay like you know but even in some of those cases like occasionally it'd be like oh look he, he you know what he he did get to meet Gwen on time or he did get to you know I don't know give Aunt May the flowers and you know, it's like, it's not like, you know, I mean, a lot of the times it's like Nathan LeBing's, he's like, you know, you son of a bitch, you stood up, May, we hate your ass, Peter, you're a scumbag, or whatever. But it's like, at some point, there were some points where it's like, wow, you know, like, oh, Peter really did come through this time, even though he's a flighty so-and-so or whatever. And it's like, occasionally, it's yeah, like just, yeah. you know, cut, cut him a fucking break. Like, occasionally, he, he, he made some good money, and occasionally, like, everything wasn't complete. Yeah, yeah, like, there would be that story where, like, Jay Jonah's like, you know, I hate Spider-Man, but I can't say that this picture of him saving a kid isn't real, so we'll give yeah, him a here, break for Yeah, one here's, day. Here's, your, here's your $350 bonus. Oh, thank God, now I can pay him this Hello? Money. Confoozled. I, I like how he went from Game of Thrones to Spider-Man. Now, now that, that is, that's a segue right there. <laughs> yeah, you know. Like, come on! Uh, so it's like Liz Allen is uh, fucking the molten man or whatever. I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> Peter Peter walks in and sees Aunt May fucking uh, 
fucking, I don't know, I'm trying to think of who would be related to her at this point. Everybody's dead. Uh, I don't know. Peter Fingerfall walks in and sees Joda Jameson fucking John Jameson. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, what, 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 why are you making me think of that? It's like, why can't we do cool things? Like, uh, she can be, uh, uh, make him be Khaleesi and become, like, golden oldie and shit at the end of the season. What the fuck? <laughs> what did What's I walk up? In, what did I walk into? I don't know. Tony's, like, talking about... I, I, I just made the joke about... Because we were talking about Spider-Man. Somehow we got into Spider-Man from Game of Thrones. And then I just made the joke about, you know, Liz Allen's fucking the Molten Man or whatever. And then it just fell apart after that. <laughs> Random note, the opening for Game of Thrones won, like, a Emmy Award. The opening is awesome. I guess we didn't talk about that at all, but the opening is awesome. It is pretty awesome. Like, the little yeah. gear thing. The da, 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 da. Very cool stuff. And then the music, you know. I'm glad I mentioned, like, the cinematography, because, I mean, Game of Thrones looks great. I mean, I don't care if people like it or not, but, like... The first season, I was like, this does look like a movie. This looks like fucking Lord of the Rings. Shit. It's not TV. It's HBO. It did yeah, true. I, I was actually confused. I was like, why is why is Boromir here? And I was like, no, no, it, it, it's Stark. It's Stark. No, no, it's Boromir. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Damn, like Katie Holmes should have just tossed that kid to Scarecrow, like like used him as bait or something. None of that shit would have gone down. Don't worry, Sansa will go all no, Dark no. Phoenix in uh, season six. And hopefully by season seven, Winter will Walk finally this. ejaculate. <laughs> I mean, at, at best, Winter's pants are moist right now, like in season <laughs> five, but. Uh... I will say that the, for winter coming, it takes a long fucking time. <laughs> I've got pizzas quick, quicker than winter is coming. It's true. It's taking a while to get warmed up. Yeah, yeah. I've got pizza cold as winter from my, you know, delivery. <laughs> Open the box, I'm like, winter is coming. This pizza's cold. Like you start talking about pizzas and coming. And then I start thinking about uh, freezer blowjobs. <laughs> da, 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 da. Classic, da. classic bot talk reference. 